everyone and welcome to episode 564 of Conversation Street, the unofficial Coronation Street podcast featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Hello. Spoiler free. <laughs> um, we're talking about episodes broadcast in the UK between the 20th and the 24th of February 2023. Episodes 10,882 to 10,887. Um, we've got a Patreon competition that's running at the moment. We Thanks do. to our mysterious benefactor, you could win a it's year's not, worth it's of... It's not mysterious to us, we know exactly who it is. Thanks. You could win a year's worth of Patreon at the top tier, Rover's Return tier, which gets you three episodes of our bonus Patreon podcast along with a free bit of merch every year and a postcard and other things to show notes. the question if you would like to win that prize the question is in 1991 steve and andy Corey's original podcasters set up a pirate radio station what was the name of the show they mm. set up on that radio station whose title poked fun at their teacher ken easy everybody knows email that email us by the 9th of March, with your answer, make the... Um, it's all there on Coropedia. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. Yeah, put your Patreon to... competition or something in your header. Send it in. And, and then we'll... you might win. You might win. You might you'll be enter you in a draw. You never know. You never know. Um, are we having a disclaimer? We're tired. <laughs> does, it go, does it go without saying? I think, I think I'm feeling my age, Gemma. I think it's like I'm approaching at the big 4-0 later this year. It's like... I know we're starting to record podcasts later these days, like because of the um, eight till nine o'clock Coronation Street. Now we're doing the street talk shorts and everything. But we're getting started on these, and I'm like, Phew, I will try. I'm going to try not to show it too much today because I did really enjoy this week's Coronation Street. It was a pretty banging week, wasn't it? Yeah, we enjoyed it. We did, we did. So um, we will, we will do do our best and endeavour to do a good job. And hopefully make it a little bit more entertaining than last week's street talk as well. Um, now we have got um, oh, anything anything going on this week? Shaking the head. Do you have a bit of paper for your, your quiz? Yes, I do. Right, I do. Here's a quiz. <laughs> These are things that happened between the dates already said. I, oh, I've lost my pen. It's up there. Oh, thanks. Okay. Uh, this happens in years ending in a three and an eight, and I sourced the information for this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Where? 21st of February, 2003. Which street resident had a paternity test only to discover he's not the father of his deceased wife's child? Surely Ashley Peacock. There only be one answer to that. Yes. That reminds me of my joke that I made up. What's that? Oh, yeah, you must... Yeah, go on. Tell this... the joke. I woke up, my, my brain told me this joke just before I woke up. The other, the other week. You're always having Coronation Street dreams. Saturday, this happened. Go on then. Um, I was looking through my freezer in my dream and I found a, a Scottish ready meal that was themed for the movie Highlander and it was buy one, get one free and I went, that's ironic. And then I woke up. Huh? Because High- in Highlander there can only be one. Oh yeah, I didn't get that joke. You didn't get it the first time no. I told you. But then when, what, where was the Coronation Street joke? What was the Coronation Street joke? Oh, I thought you were saying about the Coronation Street joke that you dreamed. What did I do? Oh, yeah. I thought that's what you were talking about. I completely I forgot about one. your freezer dream. Um, what do you... <laughs> what did I say? How did your I dream was it? something along the lines of, what was the name of the Coronation Street character that Richard Hillman killed, but she begged for her life before he bludgeoned her to death? Yeah. And the answer is... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a porn star's name. <laughs> Maxine Pleacock. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Maxine Pleacock. No. Uh, no. Good dream, Gemma. Thanks. Good dream, Gemma. And joke. I also had a dream t- today that um, Coronation Street wanted to film on my allotment. 
<laughs> I told you. You do. And the I'll you get into extra the, coronations to do. We should do a so podcast excited. on Gemma's Corrie dreams. And I got into the car, and everyone in the car was like. Oh, how come you're always hanging around Coronation Street? And I was like, I don't know, I just do my own things. Okay. Um, very good, very good. Um, okay, so, yeah, carry on the quiz. I've got one. 21st yes. of February, 1968. Final appearance of which character who tries to seduce her estranged husband to prevent them from getting divorced? Ooh. Um, 68. 1968. I'm going to say... Myra Booth. Correct. Yes. There's definitely, there was something, I, I don't know the history of divorce in this country, but it seems like you had to go to actual court there and was, explain yourself. It was, it was a bit harder. Back yeah. Then. I mean, it's still, you know, you can't just click your fingers and well, get separated sort of these days. I think they have done things to make divorce easier, like, or they're, or they're trying to get it done, but, but it was a big thing, wasn't it? Because we did, um... We did the, the feature discussion about Coronation Street weddings. Was it last year? The year before? I can't remember. And we looked at divorce rates and how, like, back when Coronation Street started, it was, you know, a tiny proportion of marriages compared to what it is now. And Look, I, think, I think divorce rates are, are, are going lower now because pe- only people that actually want to get married get married. Oh, yeah, good point. Right. Next. 22nd of February 1978. Who accepts Alf Roberts' proposal of marriage? Um... Why, it must surely be Rini Bradshaw. Yes. Yay. You're going to get full marks. Am I? Have we got some, oh, we've got some easy ones. 22nd of February, 2013. Gail gets some shocking news about Kylie Platt's activities at Christmas. Yes. What is it? That she had it off with Nick. Yeah. 23rd of February. You seem like disappointed that I'm getting these right. Yeah, I am. You won't get this one right. <laughs> or will you? I don't know if I know. <sighs> 23rd of February. <laughs> you don't have you don't have Chris Tarrant sign on who wants to be a millionaire, Joe. No, but you don't saying. get Chris Tarrant having to do a record that he wants to be a millionaire if he's already done his week's worth of work. <laughs> I am tired. I'm hollow with tiredness. You're hollow like like <laughs> like the Prince of Canada's bitch wife. Oh my god. <laughs> Did anyone Gemma, Gemma is no. not the biggest. No. Okay, okay, okay. Now, now is not the time. Come on, carry on with your quiz, Gemma. It's an amazing quiz. I've lost it now. <laughs> what are you into? You ready? Next one. 23rd of February, 1983. <laughs> Where did Deirdre's decision to stay with Ken get famously displayed? It was Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Yes. During a man new yes. game. Can you yeah. imagine that now? No. Can you imagine that? Everybody's, it's hushed tones in Old Trafford. Everyone's concentrating on the game and suddenly on the scoreboard it appears. Alia will write a victim personal statement. <laughs> Yay! I can't wait Go, to hear she, her. Victim, victim. Hooray, hooray, hooray. <laughs> Go, Alia. <laughs> right, 24th of February. This is a multi-part question, okay? Yeah. 23rd of February, 2003. Gail has suspicions about her husband, Richard. Which leads him to confess his crimes. Yes. But what were her suspicions? What what, what made her suspicious? Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I don't Um, think you're going to get this one. Oh, yeah, no, I can't remember. Um, Yeah, this was 20 years ago. I think it was was something related to, um, to, to Patricia's bracelet, wasn't it? She... That is definitely one of the things. 
good. So I'm getting my. Yeah, so what, so what, about, so what about it? So well, what? He, a bracelet, he, so what? Right, when, when he clonked her on the head with a spade, yep. next day Steve finds her bracelet and, and Rich is like, oh, I'll, I'll take that. It must have been somebody who I was showing around here yesterday. Then he gives it to Gail because she finds it. And then it's, I think Steve tells Gail, oh, I saw that, etc., etc., etc. So she's just a bit suspicious about where this Gail bracelet came from. Steve and Karen talking about oh, okay, the fact. Yeah, that's right. Um, what else? What else was the suspicions? Well, well. I don't really know. I mean, is it just that she actually listens to her mum and Archie? What does Audrey... Audrey tells us something about a pill. Do you remember? A pill? I don't know how you remember any of this. I don't even remember what I had for dinner yesterday. Uh, I don't remember what Audrey said about a pill. Right, so Audrey tells... Gail, that Aidan Critchley couldn't have committed the murder. Oh, yeah. Because he had diazepam yeah, in his yeah. system. And she remembers seeing uh, Richard going through it's a cupboard. Yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, and the other thing is, tonight. Richard's giving a speech, and then Ashley walks in, and he looks guilty. Oh. And this all happens so in the same episode. So was that three points for that? Well, you oh, would I have got, got three points. I got, I got one point. Oh, that's okay. All right, what, final question... Richard is explaining to Gail why he killed Maxine and tried to kill Emily. Yeah. What does he come up with as his excuse initially for why they had to die? Um. Oh gosh, this is such like famous moments, isn't it? Is it? Am I going to kick myself if I don't get this? Um, I could kick you if you can't. If you're too tired. <laughs> um. No, I'm fine. Um. What was his excuse? What was uh, Oh, it's just that. No, I don't know. Can you he give me a said, little clue? Oh, it's something to do with Aidan Critchley. No, I don't know. Go he on. He said he was trying to frame Aidan Critchley by doing doing a break, staging a break in. Well, and then they walked in, and he's like, "Well, sorry, ladies, they had it coming. You should go back to the party, but I won't let you." Well, that six, famous six line. out of nine. Or is there more? That's it. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm not so well versed in my Richard Hillman scenes, sadly. Can't Shameful believe it. for a Coronation Street podcaster. Who's got a birthday coming up this week, Gemma? Surely nobody important. <laughs> no, we'll just skip. <laughs> skip what we got, what we got? 25th of February, director John Moxie, Rita Wolf, who played Flick Khan, and Julie Hesmondhals. Is it Julie Hesmondhals' birthday, is it tomorrow? He played Hayley Crawford. 26th of February, George Taylor. Whoop, whoop. Woo woo! Happy birthday! 25 again! Toya Emily Aston played Becky Palmer. 29th of February. Drumba, I'll leap your baby. Oh, yeah, Wendy Peters. Peters. Is it 29th of February? Oh, no, not this year, it's not. No, because it's not year. No, you can't have it. I'm confused. It's not Wendy Peters. Silver Battersby Brown. 1st of March, Anne Cunningham, who played Linda Javesky. 3rd of March, Alan, Alison King, who played Carla, plays Carla Connor. Matthew Marsden, who played Chris Collins and Patty Clare. Plays Mary Taylor. Happy birthday, Cory Babies. Happy birthday. Right, so um, we have got a good week of Coronation Street to get chinwagging about, so I suppose we better get started, hadn't we? We should have to Let's do, do some do, street do, 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 talk. Do, 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 Let's do that, it. That. Do it now. Okay, um, so into this week's street talk, and like we said earlier on, it was. A jolly good week this week, especially compared to last week's bit of a disaster of a Coronation Street that a lot of people kind of agreed wasn't so great. <clears throat> it was just, it's just really lovely to be able to watch it and go, oh, I think I think this is a good episode we're watching here, you know? 
yeah, it was good. It was a very good week. It is. Like, there, there were there were some bits that, you know, were obviously stronger than others. But on the whole, the stories that were featured um, kind of pretty much had my interest. I mean, there, there was a little bit of the of the Stephen story in there on Monday and Friday. I think probably that was the one that interested me the least, even though, you know, and I'm still kind of enjoying that story. So that kind of shows where the I'll benchmark what, was. My problem with the Stephen story at the moment is that it involves the factory. Yeah. And I generally find factory storylines boring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, we have said in the past that it's time that um, Underworld was um, laid to rest, wasn't it? Yeah. What? Close down. I thought close you said down. pants down there. That's <laughs> probably down. what they call it. Pants when they down, ladies. Down. We're closing the business. Well, you know, it was good for Coronation Street. It was also a good week for EastEnders this week, wasn't it? I think yeah. we need to just take do a little shout out to EastEnders because um, I was just getting very intrigued by Darren Little's um, posts over the last week saying, oh, I'll tell you what, I've written an episode that's being broadcast on on Monday, though, whatever it is, of February. Everyone watch it. It's going to be awesome. There's a trailer and everything. So it's like, fine. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Why do you have to draw attention to everything? I see that's wrong. <laughs> so, when we, as we were having our tea on Monday night, we tuned into EastEnders, and it? It was, a, it was a good episode, wasn't it? Um, it was. It was. It didn't was know like, anyone was. But... It was like going to a party that you where you didn't know anybody. Well, I, I recognised like Sharon. We, we the last time that we watched Coronation. I mean, EastEnders was when they did the crossover with Coronation Street a year and a half or so ago. So there were some characters that I recognised. But um, yeah, the big thing in EastEnders this week is that sorry, we'll get onto Coronation Street. Yeah, in get a minute, on with it. Was that they did? Um, they ended the episode with a flash forward into Christmas 2023, didn't they? Yeah. And it was like one of the characters was there in a wedding dress. Everyone almost seemed to be colour coded in the theme, yeah. didn't they? Like um, Disney princesses. And and there was a dead body on the floor, but you couldn't see who it was, and there were. Apparently, like clues around the room to 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 just give you to make you think about what's going to happen. Why is there so, a suit of armor? What was that? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I so, reckon they're having a costume party. Yeah. And there's going to be a um a miss. Uh, it's going to somebody's going to be wearing a costume, and somebody's going to kill them based on the costume they're wearing. But it turns out somebody else is wearing the same costume. Okay, well, we'll come and back in a, December a, and find out whether you're right. A case of mistaken identity. And it wasn't any of them what done it because I reckon it's somebody else what done it, and it's um the person who's dead is Dirty Den. Dirty Den's already dead, I'm afraid. Well, there you, you go then. There you go. Well, no, there you go. Then it, the whole mystery is that it is actually already a dead person. <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait back in, in December twenty fifth and see. How? What would you think about Coronation Street doing something like this? Well, because if they did it now, I'm like, oh yeah, it's already. No, but just in yet. general, if, if they if Eastenders hadn't done it and Coronation Street had flashed forward to Christmas twenty twenty three and oh, Stephen's there over another body or something, I'd love it. I don't. I'd love it, it but it I, would drive me insane. I, why? Not knowing? Be like, Tell me now, I can't wait. Coronation Street has always been so much more traditional in its storytelling, hasn't it? Maybe to a fault, some people might say. But over the past couple of years, they've done a little bit more in the way of flashbacks. I mean, we had Toya's flashback just last year. Obviously, the Seven Nina um, story when, when she remembered what had happened with the kicking and everything. That employed a really effective use of flashbacks. But flashbacks are passe. What, we only flash, do flash, flash forwards now. <laughs> well, they're, they're advanced, aren't they? Um, no, I, I, I don't know whether I'd like it. I think 
I really like the idea of not, having something to look for. No, that's why I'm bringing it into Coronation Street. I really like the idea of having something to look forward to. And if if you had these characters, and apparently these 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 lasses who were around this corpse on EastEnders were all some of the the biggest Coronation. Uh, sorry, some of the biggest characters in EastEnders. Can I tell you, so they're if, not called lasses. They're called birds. Birds. Some of these birds that are around the dead on. Um, are some of the biggest ones. So this would be like having, you know, Carla and Gail and oh, wow. Jenny Bradley and, and and Sarah Louise and stuff. Um, sorry if I'm missing out any other there's massive no ladies. Other, no Leanne, else. Toya, around some kind of corpse. And I'd be like, I, I think I'd quite like it. But then in, in there'd be a little bit in my back of my head saying, no, Coronation Street doesn't do it. Well, I don't care what you say. You'd be up in, for in it, would you? In this parallel universe, we're divorced. What other kind of flashes could there be? Because Coronation Street can't can't copy it now. Hot flashes. What? <laughs> they can, can you have like a... Parallel maybe, universe Yeah, flashes. maybe it'll be like in Lost when they did the flash sideways. Well, they flash into a different show. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was a very clever thing I for EastEnders to do. I think they should forget all of that and just shoot Lorraine Kelly in the arse again. And they, um, and they, and they made a nice colour-coded... Um, Poster. poster for it as well. It's good. Everyone's talking about EastEnders at the moment, and it's, it's making us. me even us. And we're a Coronation Street yeah, podcast. Exactly. Uh, well, somebody's got to because Walford Weekly is going to be shutting down soon, aren't it's... they? We found out recently okay. that's tragic. Yeah. Um, but anyway, very, no, that I, is d- sad. I know that it's very, very sad. But um, we we'll like talk a about that in rising time. from the ashes. Um, uh, there will be another. Everyone's talking about EastEnders, and it makes me wonder whether people, the, you know, the top dogs at Coronation Street are thinking, do we need? You know, do, do we, we need, need to, to do more? This? Are we worried? Because the Corrie didn't do so well in the awards last year, did they? And I know that apparently since early autumn last year or late summer, EastEnders has apparently been on fire and it's been, you know, some heavy hitter after heavy hitter and storylines. And our Coronation Street going, do we need to do more? Because it feels like they're putting all their eggs in the one basket of Stephen Reed this year. No, it doesn't. Yeah, well, no, that's what I, that's what I, it feels like they're banking on. Yes, there's the big story, like no, the, the Max one, but it's I'll coming to an exactly end. I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Go on then, you tell me. EastEnders has got a sniper rifle and it's aiming at one thing and it's doing it really well and it's got a headshot from a thousand feet, mm. right? Coronation Street's just filled its shotgun up with buckshot and it's just firing helplessly at a bird that's flown off. Do you see what I mean? Which bird of EastEnders is it? Uh, it's the one called Sheila. No, that's probably in the Neighbours or something. Um, no, but you know what I mean? They're just doing, they're going, issues, 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 issues. And and there's no consequence because the bird's just gone, bye then, stupid. That's Coronation Street, is it? Well, Do you, uh, Can you see my analogy? Oh yeah, absolutely. You're saying that there's only one story and I'm saying no, there's not. There's, there's li- literally every one here is like a issue storyline mm. I still think and it's that... not it's not I don't know that it's working because the consequences aren't in place I, I, it still feels to me like the Stephen one is the long running storyline for 2023 and everything else like say the Daisy Stalker storyline which is great it could we'll be see. well over and done in the next couple of months. I don't know. But we will see. We will see. So sorry for that little divergence there. But we we, we have been watching other soaps this week, we confess. Um, so we're going to be starting off with um, the story that took up the vast majority of the screen time this week. And it was just a bit of everything, wasn't it? It was kind of the culmination of the Max Streamism storyline. Not that he's got out of prison or anything. But it felt like lots of things came to a conclusion with, with Alia finally kind of standing up to Max and, and telling him 
you know, what he needed to hear, as, as uncomfortable as it was. Um, but also we had Shona returning to Weatherfield this week, so that part of the storyline I'm calling Show Home. Oh, God. Yeah, thank you. You haven't seen that one before, have you? There was also Zidane bogging off. We wondered on Friday last week, is he going? And maybe on Monday he actually went. Is he so, gone? Yeah, is he gone? I, I think Z is gone now. What was all that about? I don't know. Um, then we had the Look Who's Stalking storyline, which is definitely, you know, the B storyline compared to everything else. But I am... I, I, yeah, I, compared to the Max storyline this week it is, but I mean they had... I think um, people would argue with you about that. They had um, Charlie Jordan and Rob Mallard on Lorraine maybe this week, so they're doing the kind of the publicity circuit for it, but um, it, it feels smaller, there aren't as many characters involved in it, are there, I suppose compared to the other ones, but I'm absolutely loving that. Then we had that LSD seat storyline with, with Stephen and his, and his drugging up Makala, which according to somebody posted on a Facebook group this afternoon, I think it was I think he's overdoing it a little bit. Did we talk last week on the podcast about how much LSD are you supposed to give somebody if you want to make them hallucinate shapes? He's he's given a little bit too much with those drops. So it explains why she's having a sad time. But maybe it does. Maybe it does. Or, or maybe much it's of a good thing sometimes. Maybe it's diluted. I don't know. Um, and we also had um, what's going on with Paul and and I wasn't expect uh, what you, uh, yeah, I'm uh, laughing about your pun. Yeah, 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 thank yeah, you. yeah. No, I I was I was. You know, Paul's not my favourite character. And when he got knocked off a bike last week, I thought, (laughs) oh, there's a little bit of drama just so Carla could feel guilty and get off work. It looks like there's going to be consequences with that because he's got got wonky hand syndrome, hasn't he? There's the technical term for it. Can't pick things up, can't pick up his darts, can't pick up his glass. I don't know what he's doing with his left hand because... I know, he looked at his wine today when he couldn't pick up his right hand like, what should I do? Boiled again. Yeah, my my storyline title for this is... <laughs> Pull my finger. <laughs> Pull my finger. Yeah. And, and the rest of my hand, but that's not funny. So, um, do you want me to? Some people would say. Do you want me to take the uh, the, the big story this week, Joe? I, I, I do need you to chip in with your thoughts and, I want and to witty say one commentary thing here and there. Before I forget, yes. and I felt that other people probably feel the same way about uh, this as I do. The Max Dreamism bit with the counsellor getting his comeuppance felt very anticlimactic to me. And one of the reasons why is that almost every single major thing happened off screen. Yeah. And it was... we All week we had Toya and Spider talking, t- talking about... It was really frustrating because it wasn't even like Spider was telling her stuff that you weren't allowed to watch for some reason. But he wasn't even he wasn't even telling her that. He was like, I can't tell you, it's a secret. I can't tell you, I can't tell you. And so we didn't get to see any of the investigation work or anything like that. Not that it would have been that interesting. And then when he finally comes to arrest him, we don't even see that either. It that felt, was a really weird choice. It really was. It was you're right. When when he revealed and they were chopping and jumping all over the place yeah. in this, but when he revealed to Griff, Oh yeah, we found your laptop in the water cooler or or the water tank or wherever it was wouldn't that have been great if they'd have shown it? I don't understand uh, why... Councillor Cameron getting arrested and, and and papped and everything because the cameras were there. Did we blink and miss that scene? Did no, it really it not like happen? it would have been really satisfying to have watched those scenes happen. But all, all that happens is Spider it. comes out of the car with, with his gun holster. holster. Like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, what, that's what he gets his web slingers in, I think. Um, and I, I, I imagine that the whole thing with Toy, uh, Toy and Spider of him going, oh, I can't tell you what's happening, actually. Oh, I'm a secret policeman. It's like supposed to drive a wedge between them so that 
yeah. I don't know, is he going to leave and she won't be that sad because she's like, oh, oh it's just too hard it, to not It know. feels like there's something being, you know... There's a distance being created because of his job. Yeah, so, I mean... I, and that I, worked I'm not well, con- but it wasn't satisfying as a story uh, device to go... Mm. Oh, so many interesting things were happening off screen. Well, it's the same with um, Blake's sentencing as well. And I had a feeling that we wouldn't see that because I think I saw well, that the, the, the actor who plays Blake had said, oh yeah, I've, that, that was my last scene. But they were building up to it quite a lot this week. And Alia saying, oh, we're going to make my victim personal statement. And I suppose that's why they showed her reading it out to Yasmin on Wednesday's episode, looking back on it now, Every rather than time. having it again show up on tonight. Yeah, yeah. Every single time somebody said victim personal statement, it, it drove me nuts. It doesn't sound like that's the right order because of it, words. It has to be that way around because it can't be personal victim statement because it makes it sound like you're, you have a personal victim <laughs> that you just victimise. Oh, you're and, my personal and victim. And this is why you do it. Like, I, I, I'm always mean to Tim because he's a big asshole and he deserves everything he gets and nobody should like him, etc, etc. But you, do you know that there's an inherent order of... Mm. Advert, adverts, adjectives, adjectives yeah. that, that we have in English that we we don't realise that we have, but you you have to write say them in that order. Yeah, like you say a big red car rather than the red a, big car. Yeah, exactly. And and it's, there's a very specific way that you have to say it, and mm. in all all English speakers, native English speakers will automatically, without even thinking about it, order those correctly. Mm. It just feels like that. Yeah, the victim personal statement. That goes against they everything. Need to, they need to rebrand that, don't they? I should call it the... Um, what should I call it? The the drama queen. <laughs> drama queen statement. Speaking of branding, I do want to um, mention... I've mentioned this to you the other day. I was just going back to that South Park episode again oh. when Kyle was going to get his brand and he was getting these bullet points and it was victim at the Carmen, end. It wasn't Carmen, it was Kyle. I said it was Kyle. I said oh, Kyle. Right. I can't remember what some of you're them like, was. Um, you're like, you're a helpful, friendly, um, environmentally aware... Victim. Yeah, and and that that would be Alia. If she needs rebranding, and by gosh, she needs branding, but rebranding because she's not the most Alia. engaging of character. It's going to have victim at the end. You're of a it, well-dressed, so. raven-haired, beautiful um, assistant to DD victim. Yeah, she is. So the fact the fact that Alia was making a victim personal statement was just just perfect, really, because she has been a victim for the last five, I six, like, seven years. I, was, I kind of expected her to be like, "Grand, they've asked me to do a victim personal statement, but they only want me to talk about what happened with a stabbing. <laughs> they've only given me one A4 just... sheet of paper to write it on. Can I do both sides in like six point font or something? <laughs> What's the best font for writing as much as possible? I'm gonna get rid of all the margins. Not gonna be double spaced, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, need, I think I'm gonna need to learn shorthand. <laughs> Alia. We are being really mean, we are but, but that's because we we're about to heap praise, praise on Alia because she was fab this week. And this such is, a great, this is one of her like golden sh- moments. moments. Yeah, and this really, was a really great, was. a great um, opportunity for Sarah Khan to show off how excellent she is yes. at, at performing. And um, you know, we, we Alia is kind of like she's kind of the butt of our jokes on is, the podcast a little bit. But you know, she's like the she's like Tim, isn't she now? Like it's nothing she can do, but there was, um, there was we we this do week. yeah this uh, this if anything's gonna make us into Alia fans it was this week yeah definitely definitely yeah yeah she's doing a good brilliant job she's great oh yeah 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 
Should we should we talk about what happened right, in this we, weekend? Right, let's we talked about that storyline. So now, shall let's, we? let's talk about looking stalking. <laughs> right, okay. So Monday's episode starts off with David nursing a hangover in the cafe. And what was that for? What did he do? He's just having a rough old time with Max, isn't he? And, oh. and Max doesn't oh, yeah, want to see him to and stuff. And yeah, exactly. And Daniel comes over to him and he tells David, "Sorry, I've not seen Max. He's not in any of my classes. Maybe." But but um because this we, we weren't sure and I'm sure, and I know people told us this I think Rebecca might have told us that you the place where anything. Daniel is working now is very handily and coincidentally the place that Max was going to end up I mean if we'd have known that it would have been fairly obvious that Max I was going to get I sent down I knew that and I was I know oh, I thought okay. I was no, wrong no 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 I, sorry I didn't know what you said what is what you're yeah that sentence was going to be no, yeah. I think I said last week that I was sure that if he's going to oh okay. I was like, surely Daniel's going to end up here. Otherwise, what is the point? Yeah. No. Whereas and I was saying last week, no, they'd never put him in the class with somebody who pushed him down the stairs. Um, but apparently, yeah, there's a like teacher you, shortage like you, in prisons as well. So you don't believe in soap coincidence all of a sudden. <laughs> so anyway, Daniel is indeed working at the... I can't remember what it's called. Now do well, uh, boys club. The, the Borstal or whatever that, that Max is in. But um, he's going to make some inquiries about him. And um, he's like saying to David, oh, it's not such a bad place, really. Um, and oh, how, how ironic David says that after everything we've been through, Daniel, you're the one who can help him. Makes you think. So, so first day, the first lesson is whiteboard racism. Bad. Cross, cross through that. Mm. Okay. See? Right, everyone can go. Now let's read a poem about it. <laughs> so um, Blake's sentencing is coming up this week and um, and Alia spends the, the first couple of episodes kind of dithering over whether she's going to... Spoiler alert. To, ...to do this victim personal statement or it. not. She says at the beginning of Monday's episode that what's the point? It's not going to change the judge's decision after all. I wonder if she'll stick to that. So meanwhile, in the can prison... Can you just imagine the judge going, well, I was going to give you 15 years, but apparently... Um, n- n- you don't have any victims, so I'm going to let you out. <laughs> yeah. Any, anybody, uh, it's like uh, when, at a wedding, isn't it? Does anybody, anybody here object? Objections for him being let out now. Yeah, I do. Anyone has just cause why this... He did uh, a stab in my side. 15 year sentence should not take place. Um, anyway, so Max has a bit of a run in with the bullies in uh, in prison again. Um, I can't believe it. I know, I know. And um, somebody at my, at, my, um, at my work knows... Goes to um, prison. No, no. <laughs> They're all lovely and law-abiding citizens. <laughs> Somebody at my work says that they knew one of the people playing one of the bullies in there. So here you go, everybody. You can say, you listen to a yeah. podcast where somebody on there know. knows somebody, know knows somebody the person knows somebody who's plays in a Coronation very minor Street. character in Coronation Street. So Thank you very much. Kevin yeah. Bacon that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're cornering Max in his cell and, and making fun of him and like saying, oh, Max, but English is your favourite subject because you love the English, don't you? So on and so on. You know, very witty, these guys. Maybe I'm naive, but I just don't think that you would get bullied for being a racist in prison. Yeah, what what crimes have these, these done? They're like, we only beat up white supremacists, and that's why we're in here. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. We're the wokest prisoners in this place. <laughs> I think there's like, we're, we're just like here, we've just been doing chemical warfare, but tell you what, racism, uh-uh, don't agree no with thank it. you. So, and they, they advance on him, and then we cut out of Max's cell, and we hear him going, no, 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 don't beat me up, or whatever. And at this stage in the episode, very early in the week, I was thinking... 
oh, this isn't this isn't great actually. Uh, I don't care about Max being bullied, but actually it led to some really really effective scenes later on because he's there all kind of beaten up and bloodied and bruised, isn't he? And they're really 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 trying to get some sympathy for Max. He's getting the full on Kelly Nealon treatment, isn't he? He is a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's being reformed. They're, they're really trying to, but I think. You know, he did do a lot of what people are saying he did, and he Kelly supposedly didn't. He still hasn't actually said, I I was wrong about everything. He, he, he's saying, like, I'm t- turning the corner and everything, he's isn't saying, he? But, yeah, but I don't, yeah, but he hasn't specifically he said. He needs to come out and say. He needs to come out and go, I get it now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely a real difference between going, I understand that everyone thinks this is wrong, to, I understand that this is wrong. Mm. And at the moment, he's only on. He's wrong. only on. I know everyone really hates this. Yeah, he's on a journey. Because before he was like, everyone secretly thinks this too, mm. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So anyway, um, Max's caseworker comes to join him in his cell later, and he's got this Aww. deep cut on his left cheek. And it reminded me a little bit of Todd when he had that scar, that permanent scar. Do you remember Todd's permanent scar that he would have for the he whole had that of the rest on his of other the... face? Yeah, he, he did have it on his other face and then he had it's a face like return to Oz. Did you see that with the scary hallway with all the witches? No, the but I do know heads. of that film. That's, that's terrifying. Freaking freaky, that, that film. Isn't that good? The, 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 oh, no. that, that, that's the, the one that's got the, 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 the people with wheels and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Return to Oz. You can... Don't like it. Don't like that at all. Anyway, um, so the, the case workers... Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, next. Uh, so the caseworker is like, really sympathetic towards Max and everything <laughs> and, and says, look, you need to get yourself checked out and everything and also maybe tell me who did this. And he, you know, the victim... Look, I might be a racist, want... but I'm not a grass. Not a grass, no. He's, she says, look, I'm going to have to call home. I need to tell David about this. I need to tell your dad. And he's like, no, no, I don't. Well, obviously she has to. Safeguarding procedures and all. David gets a phone call and, and she's like, look, Max is fine and everything, but he's been involved in a bit of an incident. He's been cut on the face, and sorry, Max doesn't want to see you. And David's like, like, has it ruined his looks? No, it's it's one of those enhanced cuts that makes you look more sexy. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it is. So uh, it's going to get you all the girls, Max, promise. So David's like (laughs) mega annoyed by this, and he he orders himself a big whiskey from the pub. He's just feeling like the the worst dad in the world at this point, that his, his... son in inverted no I mean, he did adopt him didn't he so I will t- remove those inverted commas his son who is in prison in like the place where you'd think that you'd want your family or anybody to you know give you a bit of a friendly hello doesn't want to see you poor guy poor guy so um this is when Gemma put your phone down because blink and you'll miss this we get Zidane's leaving scene I got to pay attention for that because he's my favourite character. So, yes, on, on Friday's episode, he decided... I thought decide- he'd gone. Well, no, Friday's episode, he, he with show, Alia managed to get Mariam, who couldn't be bothered to show up for this episode, to say, oh, Zidane, um... Let's get back together no and hard, go back to No London. hard feelings about you kind of letting my dad die. Let's go back to London and live together. I and- can always get another dad. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, and then Zidane's like, oh, sorry, my dad's dead, so we're both, both dadless now. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he says, um, he, he, he's there, he's getting ready to go. And, um, it was actually, it was a really, really sweet scene for, for it being a, a Nazir scene. Well, you know, Alia and Zidane, who I, I don't care too much for. 
I thought it was really, really nicely done. And um, he tells her that she's the strongest person he knows. He can't be bothered to hang around for all the drama that she's going to go through the rest of the week and everything. Yeah, you'll be because fine, she sister. can do it herself. Bye-bye. And then I, I, an unexpectedly, like, really sweet little hug and some kisses from Yasmin. She, like, kind of grabs hold of her and's like... And I just thought I know, it was yeah, lovely. It was, sweet. It it was, was really, touching. really nice. Um, it, it and what made it even more so was Alia there. Kind of, she's turned, got her back turned to to Zidane, and she's like blubbering away, isn't she? I can't... And I think it was the beginning of that that made me go, Alia, oh, I'm going to give you a chance it. this week, actually. And I'm glad I did. I can't fathom the reason that Zidane came back, and I'm trying to remember what he's done. He came back a couple of years ago for the money laundering storyline because they couldn't possibly do it without him, apparently. Well, yeah, Alia's... If I was Alia, I'd be mad because she could she could launder money by herself. Yeah. She doesn't need him. I don't, I don't know what's happened there because he, he did that story. He disappeared off for a lot of 2022, came back at Christmas even though nobody had really realised that he'd gone, and then... Every good Muslim boy comes home for Christmas. <laughs> and, and now he's decided he's gone again, but... You know, as we talked about on the podcast, um, Kazim Akhtar, who plays him, is is going through a, a bit of a, a bit of a change in his life and his and his, his you know beliefs and faith and everything at the moment. So maybe he decided to leave. I don't know. So it's kind of interesting. But anyway, well, off gone. you go, Zidane, and um, he's he's you know he's posting a lot on his Instagram a, at the moment. M- so. Wasted opportunity. Little bit, know. a little bit. I mean, when when he left before, I was you can only be mad. You know what I mean? Like for for a character who's incredibly minor and really not that well liked he doesn't need to have this many exits no i just i was just going to say that when he left the last time i was definitely on team sedan because yeah. i thought that they really did a number on his character for the sake of the karna storyline and i thought when they brought him back it would be a chance for yeah, him to, to like, that's yeah why I'm disappointed. but he was just he was just, just miserable wasn't he really got off the ground I mean you yeah. know and don't get me wrong you do need characters like that but he didn't serve a purpose with his misery he just was a killjoy in every, was. every scene yeah. and um, I yeah that's why I'm frustrated because I think the actor deserved a bit more of a it's a, it's a bit and, and not a at all it. to the same extent like with Scylla when they brought her back in her last stint what the chinchilla no, not the chinchilla, the person, the human being. Oh. And she had a bit of a personality change, hasn't she? Um, yeah. When Wendy Peters came to her to whisk so, Jenny so McAlpine the, away. Or, what's this for? And it's like, oh, so now my lasting impression of this character is from Just this little return and it's a little bit miserable. And, you know, may, may, maybe there's chance for both of them to come back. At maybe they'll come back together. Know. Maybe they'll become a couple. All twist. Okay, so Zidane is gone. He's gone in his taxi. Ta-ra. I think he's gone forever. I th- he, he may well have done. So back in the Rovers, Jenny's refusing to serve David now. He heads off. Goes to Victoria Gardens. Bit worse for wear. Spotted by Maria. Good old friend Maria. Good old reliable almost sister-like Maria. So Gary's there with her and he's... Gary is just the massive ass for most of the week, isn't he? Like, he's still finding it very difficult to separate what Max has done and David's as a, David as a father and everything. And he's like, I don't care about Gary. I mean, I suppose Gary and David have got quite a long rooted history of antagonism between them haven't they ever since the Windass has arrived on the street but you can tell that this guy is really suffering here and Gary's like no Maria I don't go and speak to him but she does and um and Maria's like look he's Max is just a kid David's my mate I'm gonna go and see him 
So Gary comes over and he tells David that Maria still has nightmares about the stabbing and everything. And it's all Max's fault. No sympathy. Bog off. So they're left there. Come back to them later. Meanwhile, we've got Alia who goes to work. We actually see a little bit of Alia in the lawyer's office this week. We're not just pretending that she works there. And um, Adam and Dee Dee jump up because they're discussing this stabbing case. You remember last week? They were they were, were talking to somebody who who was got a bit stabby, and uh, they were trying to hide it from Alia. And th- this was kind of could have been the turning point again, where I was like, "No, Alia, I've just remembered why I don't like you because she was she was kind of a little bit annoying here because she Alia at first is like, "Oh, hello, a client. Would you like a cup of tea?" Blah blah blah. And, and then I- no no no, she says. Would you like a cup of tea? Honestly, these two, what a pair of donkeys. It's like, sorry, I'm your boss. Get out. Did she say that? Well, she didn't say donkeys, but she's like, these two, honestly, I can't believe they haven't offered you a cup of tea. Like, sorry, Ali, we're lawyers. <laughs> to be fair, Dee I'm still not convinced If Dee made you a cup of tea, she'd have come away with third degree burns. <laughs> she goes, oh, I left the tea back in, sorry. Oh, I put my hand well, in just the like kettle. just like how they have them in LA, you know. Oh, yeah, we don't drink tea over there. <laughs> anyway, so um, Adam's like, Better get Mr. Stabby Stabby into my office before Alia finds out that we defend people that have done naughty things with knives. Yeah. And um, Alia sees the case file because we know that they do like at Barlow's Legal Services for them to just be leaving paperwork all around the place. She shouldn't... First of all, you you don't... You don't... uh, What's the word? Read. No, you don't read anything ever. No, you don't put your bosses down in front of a client. Secondly, you don't read confidential casework Unless, unless when you're you just are, the are directed girl. to. It's none of your business. There's loads, There's going to be loads of confidential papers lying around that office at all times. Mm. You need to keep your eyeballs in your, <laughs> in your, in your sockets and not on the end of your fingers. <coughs> so anyway, um, she, she reads this case file and finds out what he's been getting up to. I want to know. It didn't take her very long to realise what this case was. So I wonder if like the, it's just called the stabbing case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What? Stabbing case? So she... After I was stabbed? I was stabbed, how dare I'm you? I'm going to write a victim personal statement This is the problem this. with her being a victim for the whole of her life. I mean, pretty much everything she's had against her. What? They not... I can't believe you've got a client who's they a man who racists, blew up somebody in a car. Can't defend stabbings, can't defend bombers, can't defend... Racists. You know, what happened to Luke? He got shot by feeling I just said so... that. Got blown up in a car. Oh yeah, okay, that's what you were phone. You're yeah. defending a serial killer. I hate them. Also, her dad was burnt, burnt, burnt in a fire, so no defending, You're defending arsonists. arsonists. Can't believe it. Yeah, no defending um, magicians that do yeah. coercive control. No abusers. No. Nope. And, Only um, really. And, and now and, Barlow's are out of business. And you can't. They can't even defend white collar crime because she kind of did that herself. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, so this is this is her particularly most recent crime. I've done or been a victim of all of the crimes. How can you? Is this a joke? He stabbed somebody. You were going to defend him after everything I've been through. And then she goes a little bit cuckoo and locks herself into the office with this guy. Action cams there, going, "Oh my gosh, what's Ali going to (laughs) do?" And she's just like, she goes insane at him, doesn't she? And like, oh, do you know what it's like being stabbed? And and it hurts. <laughs> and she was she was giving a good performance. She was really great, yeah. But it was, yeah. She's, but yeah. she, but it, she's I was go. just there thinking, Alia, this is the sort of thing that she's very unprofessional. This is the sort of thing that maybe gets you let go from your jobs and and maybe makes people think that you're a little bit annoying. Well, it, it feels like a three strikes and you're out sort of a thing, you know. 
First of all, you're rude to me. Second of all, you read the paperwork. And thirdly, you lock somebody in a room, which is also a crime. Yeah. Three stabs and you're out. There's four, I suppose, there, isn't it? Alia finds the spare key. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Adam finds the spare key, opens up the door, and the man's like, ready, I'm out of here. And uh, so Alia is like, well, you know. Well, I was the, just cross. You learn a lesson from that, actually. DJ, uh, Adam it's and your DJ. fault. So um, Maria and David, back to them over the road, having a friendly chat together on the bench. Gary's bogged off like he said he would. And Dave, it's really, really lovely. And we've we've criticised many a time Coronation Street for not having, like, friend scenes or, like, just... Um, recognition that people know each, have, other, know each other and have a non-romantic relationship and like there are platonic relationships that go on here so it was really lovely we Even had David it in, was confused he, he was he, he was like are we he's like I thought we were a boy and a girl having a scene together I think we need to get no I was, I was just going to say as well because there was a scene towards the end of the episode um, this uh, tonight wasn't there which had Toya and Maria and yes. Alia around the booth in the Rovers and not much came of it but I thought that was quite nice was as good. well because You're right. yeah Toya and Maria used to be friends until well you know, she shagged a bloke you know John Arnley. Um anyway so they're there and um and David's um opens up about Max being um in prison and beaten up and slashed in the face and, and everything <laughs> and Maria puts her arm round him and says look it's gonna be okay mate you're a good man David you've been a great dad to Max everything's Debatable. gonna be alright and David's like oh girl pay me compliment oh sexy lady must suck face <laughs> and, and she's like what the so David leans in there for a kiss and we, me and you looked at each other during like, that no. I, I had no idea that this was going to happen this Don't week I was like this. nope if you're going to have any characters if you're going to ban any characters from kissing David and Maria are it I'm not having that I'm not having that fortunately though Maria's like what, what are you doing but I'm going to say, she. it was really refreshing how she didn't go off the wall. You know, when usually yeah, when on Coronation Street and in she real life... She left that to uh, <laughs> Yeah, she did. Um, when, when somebody gives an unexpected kiss, yeah. they're like, how dare you, what are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm going to go and tell everyone. And, and, and David's like apologising and she's like, you blokes, you think that's just the answer to everything? If in doubt, have a pop, usually at me. <laughs> just a way of saying, well, she's you like, know, I can't so help sexy. just being so irresistible, you know. And um, and David's just like, oh, oh, Maria, can we just forget it ever happened? Oh, I just miss Shona. And Maria's like, go home, stick your head under the cold shower. For heaven's sake, what's Gary going to say if he finds out about this? Sure, that's not going to happen. So um, Adam reminds Alia back over the road at the lawyer's office what their job as lawyers are. For goodness sake, When people do naughty things, we're the people that try to get them off. Or maybe get them a reduced sentence. Not like that. Um, And and if you can't handle this, Alia, you know, maybe this isn't the career for you. Yeah, and I was like, sorry, it's not oh, enough yeah. again. Got it out of my system now. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. I can handle I this. I thought this Absolutely. office was where criminals come to be harangued <laughs> by me personally. <laughs> She'd be great at that, wouldn't she? Yeah. She's like She'd a one have... a one woman picket line or Do you something. Know what? One woman protest. She'd be great at podcasting. She... Can you imagine her ranting along with us? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she'd be great. I think we'd lose listeners. She's very judgmental, just like me. <laughs> Back at Speed Dolls, Alia goes over there and she's she's starting to have doubts, uh, she says, about whether she should be working at the lawyers because, remember, we still haven't actually seen her do anything 
She hasn't of, done anything. Note since she's been working there all this time. All she's done mind. is offer to make a cup of tea for somebody that she then tr- tries to to kidnap. Mm. Um, that's kidnap a cup of tea. No, the person. the person. I know. David comes in and says uh, and tells Alia about Max being beaten up, and he tries to get a bit of pity from her, doesn't right. he? And she's like, "No, are you are you telling me that you that Max got stabbed, not stabbed, slashed or whatever, and you want me to feel sorry for him? No way, not after what he did for me." And Max says, "Well, no, David could you, does." David says, "Look, could could you go and see him maybe because he doesn't want to go and see me." You know, no. you, you're you're a, you're a pillar of the community. You, you're, your family used to run the community centre and everything. Um, maybe if Max felt part of the community, he'd maybe come out of his shell a little bit. No. And Alia says, what the... You want me to go and see the guy that stabbed me just to make you feel better? Just to make better, him feel better. Just bad. to make him feel better? No way. No. We tried to tell Max before it got to this stage what he was getting into and he didn't listen. Tough titties, mate. Tough titties to you. Absolutely right, Alia. Yeah, she's As, right and, here. And I do like Max, but I, I, he doesn't deserve anything from her apart from, well, what he actually got on Wednesday's episode. So then David starts unloading his woes onto Yasmin and uh, who should come down the stairs then but Shona. It's me, Shona. I'm back. Everyone Six weeks. Told you. Shona. Told you. She's like, Shortest what maternity the bloody hell ever. is going on here? No, she doesn't look happy um, because... Uh, well, no, she hasn't been told yet, does she? Why did she? I kind of missed a little bit about why she's back. Did somebody contact because her? Because Lily's or... done her football and she knows all the football moves. No, I think somebody said something about she someone texting something. She can do the kick in with the right and the left. Anyway, she's back. She's back. She could do short kick, long kick, middle kick. Lob. Volley, pass, um, keep it up Left foot, right foot, bend it like Beckham. Yeah. Score a goal, score an own goal. Yeah. Toss a coin. Go home. Go to the pub and have get a in a... Pu- have a beer. Have a pint, yeah, and then yeah. a bath with all your teammates. She, yeah. she can do she it all. She can do it all. She's And she's that's all I know about football. That's all the things the footballs do. Football and men. Football. Um, oh, we need James on the podcast. He'd, he'd sort of he'd, he'd explain one, all the other things yeah. that we've missed out. Yeah, I'm sure. Like do a press conference. Do one or two. So um, anyway, Shona's back. Come on. Be in a calendar. Um, I, I'd like to say that I was surprised by Shona coming back, but that would be a massive lie Everybody's because I did spend really, some time really, really, at the yeah, weekend writing a character profile about Shona because I knew she was coming back this week and I'd seen that she started filming again in January. But still very, very lovely to Hooray! see her. Anyway, Alia. anyway, so Alia, um, I've lost where I am. Goes she goes to the bistro later see on. See Ryan. Stop saying my lines for me. She cries. Stop it. Shona wishes David. Do you want to take over? No. Good, because it's my story. I'm, 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 I'm invigorated by this. You do seem to be. Well, we get to see Alia and Ryan get... have a. No, you can't. You can't. We what? maybe can have I a little get a drink. No, can ma- I... Maybe you, after can this. Can you carry on talking? No, I can't. That? I don't like you when you go away because I feel like. <laughs> I feel like, like I'm cycling feel like... on a unicycle over, over the Niagara Falls and any Aww. moment I could just plunge to my death. You won't. So you got to stay in here Go and then, be my little goes, balancing You stick. won't let me talk and you won't let me leave. I'm being held <laughs> hostage here by a podcast. I didn't even agree to do this. <laughs> we had we did have a conversation right. before we started recording. We, we, were, we were this close <laughs> to recording it's on Saturday. Hard. It's too because hard Because you're like, oh my gosh, I've got the energy got, for this. My but, soul is tinged with despair today. I know, I know. Anyway, oh, cats come in. She's just come outside. Hello, no, can we get on with it? My sorry, God. Sorry. Yes, I've just lost where I am in the notes. Alia I'm just goes trying to, to kill the time. See Ryan, she goes and then to see Ryan. She has a bit of a wobbly lip, doesn't she? Because she's, oh, Ryan, <laughs> is, everything's going is, wrong. I nearly swore then. This is an absolute shambles. 
this podcast. We should just cut our losses. No, it's... it's Shona wishes David had told her how bad things had got. Yes, Shona wishes David had told her <laughs> how bad things had got for him. But he didn't, because he didn't want her to, he, he didn't want her to bring Lily back or something. You're not allowed so to anyway, people for Ryan, Ryan says to Alia, do you remember, are you keeping up everyone? Ryan says to Alia, you should definitely write your victim personal your personal victim. No, statement. victim person. I was right. I was right. Victim person statement. Maybe it's gonna feel good to get it off your chest and anything. And she's like, oh, talking about my chest. Fancy having it a go later. You know, for, for. And um, she's so yeah. They they things are starting to get back together again with them. Over at Gary and Maria's flat later, Gary's telling her um, that the Platt family are like her Achilles heel. Like David's a weakness. Just you know, look what his family had done. But still. You forgive him for everything. Oh, yeah, and Maria says, like, you know, he's just he's just like a little brother to me. True. Apart from apart from the, the time that he snogs me. And Gary's like, What? Yeah. And well he so we don't we don't see the very moment where she says it, I don't think. She just said, Oh yeah, David David did something a bit silly earlier. And then the next thing we see of this is Gary kind of pegging it through the streets, isn't he, across the cobbles going, Oh David, where's David? Rara? You seen where David is? Anybody know where David is? Have you tried his house? Great idea, thank you very much. Bang, 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 bang. David, you get out of there, what are you doing? And he's not there. Over to the pub. Oh, there's David. Jonah's there telling David about Lily's footballing prowess and stuff. And Gary then bursts in and is like, you bloody kiss my missus. What the hell are you doing? And Jonah's like, what? You tried to kiss Maria, you scumbag. And David's just there squirming. Shona storms off. And um, Gary, he just kind of leaves him alone. I think he realises he's... Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's later on this evening going to be facing the wrath of Shona. So there's there's only so much that Gary could do that could top that really. So he he, yeah. he leaves them. And um, Alia and Ryan back to them are at number six later having a friendly cup of tea, which turns into a friendly hug and a snog. Alia and Ryan after what a month? No, a year and a half. Yeah. Separated. Back together. Back together again. Hurrah. So anyway, um, David gets home at the end of the episode, finds Shona repacking her bags. She's leaving him and she storms right out. Oh no. And then loads of people went on the internet and said, (laughs) what's going on with Julia Goulden's maternity leave? Is Is this her going on her maternity leave? Did they film these scenes earlier? Is she, surely she's not back off her maternity leave yet, is she? Is this the reason that they're gonna give for her to be going off for a little bit longer? Nope, well, she's back. She is back. She's back. As far as I, as far as I guess, anyway. I mean, I, yeah, she must be back. She's back. She's back. Brilliant. Yes, she's back. Yes. Right. Um. Do you do you, do you, what do you want to do Wednesday? Or do you want me to do Wednesday? You just asking me because I'm looking at the iPads, and the only reason I'm looking at the iPad was to find out who it was that emailed us about what has happened here between Alia and Ryan. Oh. It's Tasnia who emailed us previously, and she said um she she didn't. As as a Muslim, she thought that Coronation Street had forgotten what it was about um, the Nazirs that made them a diverse family on Coronation Street and pointing out that Alia, um, as a Muslim, didn't engage in sex before marriage. She didn't, but then she had and a now taste she's of Jason Grimshaw. She's definitely done it again, hasn't she? She has, she has. But, you know, um, there's definitely... Um, People of every faith who will do certain rules and not other rules. So, I, I, but it, I, I kind of do think 
it would be nice if they addressed it. Yeah. You know, if they addressed it. I mean, I suppose it doesn't make any sense because if they were if they were at it, you know, before, and if she suddenly turned around and said, "What? No, I'm Muslim. I just want to hold hands with you." And you'd be no, like, but I don't. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just yeah, trying. Yeah, just yeah. pointing out that, you know, she. I don't. No, no, no. I get what you mean. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Let's go to Wednesday's episode. Otherwise, it's going to go off. I just think that in soaps, that. whenever there's a character who says, "I don't want to have sex before marriage," it's like the soap. The soaps goes. Nice challenge for me. Let's see how I can get your pants off before mm. the end of the year. Yeah, well, it is, isn't it? Every every character... I, there's, I'm sure there are some exceptions. Well, I'm not sure. There may be. But there have been the odd character over the year who said, I'm not going to... I'm not going to have I'm not going to sully my body like, with your filthy penis. Tyrone, believe it or not, he was he was um, chased for the beginning. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, then, then Maria comes along again. Married. And it's Maria. She's just the temptress, isn't she? Honestly. Yeah, it's her fault. Yeah. Anyway, so when... you're blaming Maria Wednesday. for Alia having sex with Ryan. There's something about Maria. That's all I can say. You have to be just in, a, in her vicinity and suddenly she's an aphrodisiac. <laughs> That's probably you're, what's You're lucky, Gemma, because, you know, I was in, in Samia Longchamp-Bon's vicinity last summer. She is if very you, If you hadn't attractive. been there to allure me back the other way, I don't, I don't know what oh, I would have done. <laughs> anyway, Wednesday. Going to get there at last. We so will. David breaks the news to Gail at the beginning of the episode, what's happened, and Gail says, look, whatever you've done, you need to sort it. And See it, sort I it. I can't remember what it was, Say but it. there was... So this, this episode started with Gail having this scene with David, and then there was also a Daniel and... Um, uh, Daisy and Steve scene over at number one and Steve was like bizarrely serious and a bit concerned about what was me... going on and I and I said to you did we did we just see like two scenes Where? in a row with with not buffoon Gail and what not buffoon are you Steve about? just this one again at the beginning of the episode when she, when she's talking to David and says you haven't even you need mentioned to... that Steve was there no, he wasn't there. You're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> there was this scene with David and Gail. David, David, Gail didn't have a screw loose. And then there was another oh. scene with Daniel and Daisy and Steve. And Steve okay. was very sensible. That's and I was it. saying that they, they yeah, finally... I heard that bit. Okay. I just think whenever that happens, it's because the scene was written for some another character, and then they weren't there. Because <laughs> we know that's happened. Before. That has happened. Before. So that's probably why it's probably Ken. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I'm sure it was. I bet you if you go back and watch it and think of Ken, I bet you it would appear. Carry on. Bider and Toya, they're back. They're talking to Maria and Gary about the investigation because Spider's still trying to find out who funded the racists. Now, we've known for quite a long time that it is Honourable Councillor Len Cameron. And um, this, I guess, was the tying up loose ends of the extremism storyline bit of it that kind of had to be done, but they didn't really need to put mega effort into it apart from the brilliant scene with Griffin Spider in the prison but yeah like you said earlier today the the arresting officer, officer uh, councillor Cameron bit was just a bit anyway um, Maria also is mentioning at that point that Len is offering to help fund the refugee centre weird but you know I'll take all the help I can get with that so are we kind of supposed to be believing here that councillor Cameron feels like the walls are closing in on him and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want, you know, he thinks if I, if I'm giving whatever it was, £7,000, £70,000 to the, to the community centre, surely nobody would suspect me of funding these racists that are being arrested left, right and centre. I don't know what his thought process was. I, 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 
I'm guessing it's that, it doesn't matter anyway. So over at prison school, Daniel is doing a lesson about depressing literature, his favourite thing, all about death and sadness and misery and melancholy. They should do getting children to read poems and like stuff. Like Wallace and Gromit. Well, maybe they do a little bit of that as well. Match your comforts, that's good. That's not a poem though, is it? But you can make a poem out of it. Make write everyone write a poem about your favourite creature comfort sketch. I like the tortoise. Yeah, good. Write about that then. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to have a snooze. Max walks in. You carry on, kids. For some reason, and I can't remember, I didn't write down, but I don't think it particularly matters because it just needed to work, work out this way. His classes have changed and now he's going to be in Daniel's class. All a little bit awkward, but he's he's also there, Max. Like, he's got just bloods, bloods and bruises and scratches and cuts all over his face, hasn't he? And, and Daniel's like, whoa, what's happened to you there? I'm going to be a sensible mentor to this guy. So, back to Arlie and Ryan. Yep, looks like he stayed the night at number six. Yasmin's, Yasmin's basically saying, get in there, my son, to him. And um, Arlie is just being very enigmatic about the whole affair. Max, back to the prison, has some clever insight about the poem that they're reading and Daniel's very pleased with him. That's right, it is a metaphor. Well done. Yeah, good job. Personification in there. Bit a bit of, of um, um, assonance. A bit of, what's that, pathetic fallacy. I love that bit of that. Love it, yeah. Fantastic. So um, Shona and Maria are having a talk in the street later. This was a nice scene. This is kind of, um, this was Maria saying, I'm not backing, uh, another one of these, I'm not backing down. People are always... Um, having, a go at me. having a go at me people are saying that I'm a woman I'm not going to be able to do this I'm not, I'm, if I'm backing down I'll be giving my critics everything what I want and Shona's that like yeah, yeah you go yeah you go whatever and um, Maria also tells Shona you shouldn't really be splitting up with David over this and, and Shona's she's, like don't worry it's just for a cliffhanger you Shona, know we'll be back together by the end of the week it's Maria's like you don't need to split up with David I'm not going to steal your man and Tony's like, oh, I wasn't worried about that, actually. <laughs> um, Daniel goes to see Alia later on his lunch break or something and says, look, you really probably should go and speak to Max. He's not a bad person. He just did bad things. Yeah, to, to me. The sin, not the sinner. Not Come to on. you, Daniel, you turd. Alia, <laughs> you're a good Daniel, person. Daniel, such a sanctimonious arsehole. He goes that around. Like him. All, he goes around and he's just like, listen, listen, I know how to do your life better than you do. Well, Daniel, if that, you're that good at it, why are you living in a tiny flat, teaching kids in a prison because you couldn't cack being an actual teacher? I'm sure prison teachers are very yeah, hard working. Yeah, but he, he couldn't hack being... He's, he's failed everything he's ever tried, but he, that doesn't stop no, him from giving advice. <laughs> giving people advice about their own unsolicited advice as well. Nobody's asking Daniel for advice about anything, but he will not shut up telling everyone. And it's always women as well. It's always women. He's like, get yeah, you know. Listen, listen, you idiot. Why don't you do this? No, no, Daniel. Jeremiah, he's read a lot of books. That's all I'm saying. He's read a lot of books. He's read a lot of poems. He should look in a mirror. He's very wise. Look in the mirror, Daniel. You waste of he's space. Great. He's just like. I know. Ken. I do. I do love to. I do love how. <laughs> How uh, yeah, you got to have some. He's like so this, sanctimonious. He? he just doesn't even realise how much of an idiot he is. <laughs> but I love him for. I'm not. I'm not sick of Daniel. I could watch Daniel till the cows come home, honestly. But um, yeah, the way that he does that is just and, like. And oh, I'm not criticising him for being a, a, a teacher in a prison. I'm just saying that if you, I think if you are a teacher in a prison, it should be your calling and it should be something that you decide that you want to do because you have feel passionate that you can help people in that situation. Not go, oh, I can't, can't be doing with this. I'll just get a job in a prison. 
Do you know, that's how, that's what's happened to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, I probably should get some money for this wedding. I know what I'll do. <laughs> Stupid bum. <laughs> you done? Yeah. You done? Okay. So, um, Alia is <laughs> having just been confronted with the, um, the, the instruction from Daniel to go and see Max. It's like, no, will people stop asking me to go and see Max in prison, please? Don't reason with him. Kick him in the balls. Look, at, I got stabbed. Just a few weeks ago, Everyone do you remember? It was Max's fault. I'm not going to go and see him just yeah. so he that can feel better about this. Yeah. Sorry, no. Yeah. Um, the things kind of cool off a little bit when Ryan comes downstairs and Daniel goes off, and Alia admits to Ryan, "I am at the other and Ed, 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 I'm, at, I'm the at the egg of my tether. My tether at the moment, uh, Dan, Dan, <laughs> uh, Ryan. Not feeling okay. I can't be bothered. And with Ryan's this, Ryan. like, I can't, I can't believe that Daniel asked you to go and do this. What, what I get. And then, and then they kind of quickly turn the um, conversation back to last night. How great it was. Hmm. Ryan says, "Oh, uh, he, he he gets totally." Um, I can't remember what the word is because nobody's Rashful? ever done this for me. No, when he's saying, "Ah, oh, Alia, I like you and I miss you," and you know, um. I assume you don't want to get back with me and everything. And he's kind of saying it in a way so that she'll go, no, actually, Ryan, I do. But she's actually like, yeah, I don't want to get back with you. Oh, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what word that is. <laughs> That's a, I know. Anyway, she's like, yeah, I don't want to get back with you. Anyway, I'm not talking about that. Bomb. I want to talk about Max. Anyway, yeah, back to Max again. Ryan says, look, you know, maybe, now I've had a think about it. See, she's like, Max, well, now I'm not going to get so a shag at you. All. Maybe I'll tell you the truth. You he should go and see. He got one. He got one. He's he just not going to get a second. Another helpers. one. Yeah, go and see Max. Go and see Max. Look at it in the eyes. It might bring some closure. <sighs> you know what? He's wise. That right. I hate the way. Says, isn't it? No, I just hate Very this. Clever man. Everyone's like, all these men are going. Hey, Alia, go and see the man who victimised you. And it turns out they were right. <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> they just they just needed to give her some you know a, a little bit of sin a they should have pitched it to properly. Light that fire they should have pitched it properly go look do you want a really cool dramatic scene that will get you and your show you can put this in your show reel mm. she's like yeah okay i will go then yeah. so i, I want some more dramatic does. scenes she where does. i look get angry and, and face up to horrible people <laughs> yeah. um shona comes back to number eight later they all have a bit of a family hug but it becomes very clear soon that she has absolutely not forgiven um david because this is this was the other thing that came out of the scene with her and maria maria's like saying look you should get back with david to be honest but make life hell for him yeah. for a little bit first and shona's like oh i can do that she uh she uh, is not pitting up with being cheated on, she says. And she said, if you do this ever again, I can't remember. David tries to say something. I can't remember what the line was, but he kind of realises that he's digging himself a bit of a hole. And he's like, I'm, I'm just going to park that there, will I? And then this is when Shona says, look, if you do this again, I'm going to be parking my fist in your face, which is a great line. You're sleeping on the sofa as well, by the way, mate. So Daniel goes to see David to say that Max has been moved into his English class. They've had a little chat and he says... Um, and he's really good at poems. Been trying, been trying to talk to Alia. No dice there, I'm afraid. And David thanks him for letting him know but um, says, look, can you just can you just tell Max that I miss him? Very sweet. Um, what was that cipher? Uh, what? This is brilliant oh. stuff. What? What? 
You have a cup of tea in a bit. We'll stop after this storyline for a little tea break, I promise. <laughs> Nick and Leanne's flat. I think I've gone mad. I'm sorry. I know that no, I'm being crazy today. No, you're fine. Nick and Leanne's flat. Toya can see that Spider's been a bit distracted by this case. And and, and she's like, let's, let's go to the picture or something. Let's go and see a film. And and they agree that they're going to go and see something. But then Spider's phone rings, a spider phone. And he's like, um, oh, What's really? that, Commissioner Gordon? <laughs> yeah. That's the Spider-Man thing, isn't it? Def- mm, not quite. Almost. Um, it becomes apparent that What's they will the not... What's the name of the editor? I don't know. They're not going to go to the pictures Professor tonight because he's got, he's, got, he's got police jobs to go to. I've got to do paperwork. Spider says, I've got to go and do some paperwork. <gasps> yep. Wink, wink. And um, so he goes off. So this is when we get brilliant scene, which has got Alia visiting Max in prison. And they're just cutting back and forth between that and Spider talking to Griff in prison. And this was one of those Coronation Street moments where put the laptop down, just watch it, enjoy it. This was phenomenal. This was was fantastic. So so well done. I've barely written anything in my notes here, and I need need to watch it again, really, because I'd like to be able to sort of say back some of the dialogue and everything that was said. But it was basically just Alia going to see Max and telling him... But just not forgiving him, was she? she you got what coming to you, and yeah, I, I don't that, feel bad about I think your that he, being punished. When, when when he agreed to see her, he was probably expecting her to say, "I forgive you. I can see you're sorry," or something to well, make I him feel better. But... He needs, yeah. I think you know, he doesn't need anyone to say to him, "I can understand how you got to where you got to," because even if that is true, it's still going to feed into his. Mm. Hatred. He he just need really just needs a dressing down. Yeah. I, I, well, if we do if we do the the, the bits there with Alia and Max yeah. first, because he she's saying you were clearly trying to whip up all your followers to hate people like me. Yeah. I've been victimized by for things like this all my life, and you're and and, and he says um he says uh, no. No, he's just trying to justify himself. Going, yeah. I was just trying to show people. That you know, it's not it's not fair, and and people aren't uh, like. Yeah, he says people don't... like me. We don't follow the crowd, and she's like, people like you. What do you mean? You don't even know what you believe. What do you believe, Max? Who are you? And th- at this moment, he's like, he he kind of crumbles and stumbles, doesn't he? he well, no, he hasn't. Yeah. He doesn't know, and she's like, exactly. You need Griff to tell you what to think, and he's not here. Without him, you're just a pathetic, stupid little boy. Um, well, I think the, the I think the thing here is that Max does know what he thinks, but now he's suddenly realizing that maybe he's not as convinced convinced as he was before, and maybe there are different sorts of people. They might all have the same skin color, but they don't all act the same mm. because Alia has never done any of the things he's accusing all people with her skin tone of doing. No, and also more importantly than that. He can sit on a computer and write it, but when somebody's sitting in front of him going, go on then, say it to my face, he's like, I don't know, I don't know what I think, I don't know. Of course he knows what he thinks, but he's not going to say it to her face. He's in a very vulnerable position at the moment. He's he's not... She's holding all the cards at the moment. He's just been beaten up earlier this week. He's in prison... Well, go on, so what he, else has he got to say for himself? Well, he's he trying says, to say, look, it wasn't my fault, my yeah. life was a mess, he's got all these excuses, and, and some of them, you know, are true. No, no, nothing, there's no excuse for what he did, but yeah. I think I, I think the story, 
the storyline of Coronation Street did a pretty decent job of making Max's life out to be a little bit rubbish and giving him a reason for doing this. But, you know, to hear it out loud, it's still like, no, that's, that's sorry, that, that is pathetic, Max. And Analia says that to him. You were groomed? What the heck? No, you didn't have to listen to Griff's sweet talk. I've spent my whole life seeing people like you and him making people like me just scapegoats for every insignificant little thing that's happened in their insignificant lives and I don't care. I'm not here to help you out on some journey of self-discovery. It turns out I did write quite a lot of this scene down actually. Um, you're, you've said your family never listened to you but actually I think they did and they you just didn't like the answers that they gave. So maybe that's where you need to start looking. Hmm. She leaves... <laughs> Just turns around so and he's just round. there, like completely yeah. shell shocked by this barrage of truth, truth. bombs yeah. that she was uh, that she was laying on him. She's like, pew, 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 take and that. then he's like, Alia, I'm sorry, and it's too late. She's gone. <laughs> she's gone. Oh god, the so... scent of her beautiful hair. And Paddy Beaver, I thought he was so good in this, and they were both fantastic. They were so, Sarah was so just searingly, blisteringly furious with him and is this everything that the past however many years of Alia being a victim has led up to because I'm I was all for it this was this is superb well yeah I mean and, and you know Sarah knows she's she's rep- she's representing people who have had this done to them mm. and um you know harnessing all the rage that you you feel inevitably from being put in this position yeah. and being <sighs> victimized because of who you are and where you come from. And, you know, she comes, like she said before, she comes from here. Mm. What are you saying? She's from here. And and I, that's why I liked her state, her victim personal statement, when she says, <laughs> I know, it's, I hate every <laughs> time I say it, I hate it. Statement. Um, she says, I've put more into my community than, you, than they ever have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly. not strictly true because his community is the, you know, the white supremacist community and he's influenced many people in the community. <laughs> he's actually got quite a good standing all, in, the, in that group. All through this, though, even though, like, I knew that Max, what what she was saying was true, I was thinking he was groomed, though. Yeah, but he does, he needed this. This is a wake-up call. It, he, there's there's it was, certainly it something was. to be said for understanding and sympathising with him, but is it actually going to do any good for everyone to sit around in a little cry circle and hold his hand and go, yes, you were wronged when you were little. Oh, your mummy died. It's I terrible. Know. I'm not saying no, he didn't deserve this. he needs a slap around but... the face and to be told, grow up, pull your socks up. The world doesn't care. The world doesn't care about all the horrible things that have happened to you. Just stop doing it to other people. The thing is, sometimes if people are going to say this to you, for some people, getting what Max got there is just going to make him even more, you know, entrenched entrenched in his beliefs that this is the enemy. But I think Max does have some good in his heart. Yeah, but this is the first time he's actually been confronted by somebody from that community that he's attacking Mm. and said said to him, grow up, you pathetic little monster. Mm. And stop blaming everybody else. Yeah. I mean, the... the, the it's the... kind of empowering because she's saying to him, you are the one that has the power here. Stop trying to blame everybody else. You empowered yourself to do this. You took action. Maybe if you took action in a more positive manner, you'd yeah. achieve something. But you've just wasted your... You know, now you're in prison, you idiot. Mm. He, he will come round and they'll redeem him. And they'll prevent... Um, you know, ch- ch- charity or scheme or whatever it is that, you know, that do the training all about radicalization or anti radicalization are all about 
trying to get people who have been groomed and radicalised by, by extremists of, of various types and, and turning them around and helping them see that what's wrong and, and not giving up on them and and, and re-educating them. That's and the, the best way. This, this will happen to Max, but he, he needed he needed this, I think. Yeah, but it's also... Yeah, it's also... It's it one of these things. Him. It's not down to Alia, Alia to do... You know, it's not no. her job. Hmm. I mean, she also, if you think about, he he is only 16. She's, I don't know, she is twice his age or something. Um, what? 32? I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to imagine that she's I'm like 26, a bit closer she? to Alia's age. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was, it's hard, you know, to, for a kid to have an adult kind of lay into you like this. I don't think she's a significantly... She's 20... Oh, she's 35. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Excuse me. She's the new Sarah Louise. <laughs> I thought she was 10 years younger than that. No. How hey. old is Alia then? I don't know. But there we go. There we go. Um, anyway, so that was the, the brilliant, brilliant scene with, <laughs> sure uh, with Max and Alia. Yeah, well, there we go. It's, I th- hopefully, hopefully, if, if um, Sarah does hear any of this podcast, which I very much doubt, she Someone will just play that bit. Take, yeah, just play that bit. Don't play the bit Don't that we say we here. usually find out <laughs> a bit annoying. But it doesn't look. This could be the turn of the corner moment. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so while, while this is going on. I literally can't believe that. Well, all it? this is going on. Spider is visiting Griff, and this is the first time we've seen him for a good month, month and a half or so. And this was his final appearance. I don't know whether Michael's been on um, online to say that's it. I'm check. I'm signing out. That's me done on Coronation Street. But yeah, he ha- he has gone now. But uh, what what a brilliant final scene for for him to go out on. And the 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 back oh, and forth. Of course, she's thirty, isn't she? She's on her birthday the other day. Oh, yeah, of course. What a pair of idiots. <laughs> We can't can't expect her to remember something that happened on Coronation no, Street last week. Come on, too much come time's on. passed since then. <laughs> okay, I'm um, an idiot for goodness' sake. Lots of things happen in, in a week, and it, I really thought and it's that late they were, at night. It's it's power. All oh, right, so I'm gonna, just going to assume that Paddy Beaver's 48 in that case. Probably. Probably. So, yeah, while all this is going on, <laughs> Spider's there with Griff, acting all oh, yeah. sort of cock of the walk, isn't he? And he's there. He Even though he's in prison, he's got the Griff information, is, yeah. Griff, that Spider wants. And he's there with his arms folded and everything, going, yeah, what are you going to do? Just to be clear, these are ju- these are like a juxtaposition. Yeah. And um, the, the camera work camera was very, very good. so that we had tight close-ups of everybody's mm. faces and that, you know... And, um, it the direction was, was fantastic in this. Kind of coming up from from above, so there was you know the pressure of mm. of gravity. Yeah, was forcing them. Yeah, with the le- lens. Even of the even the, the the beginning of this first scene with Griff, we see Griff talking, but we don't know who is talking to. I mean, we assume very quickly who else who else machine. would it be? But so the the camera pulls back, and we get to see a spider there listening, and it seems at first that they've arranged a deal. Griff says, I'll tell you who our racist funder is if you get me a shorter sentence. And he's like gloating away. He's like, I've got all the cards here. I've got exactly what you want. Um, And foolish mistake, Gemma. He says it's Len. He admits it. He says, Councillor Cameron, he's the one. But you need proof, don't you? And um, that's the phone messages that I've got. Um, And then... um, we we think that uh, that he's going to have to wait until Spider gets him the reduced sentence and then he will 
give him the phone or tell him where the phone is or whatever. But before all that, he then gets to have his massive rant, does Griff, about Max and standing by what he did with him and saying, yeah, I... I, I I did what I needed to do. I, I I'm not turn, I'm not grooming him. I'm turning him into free thinkers. I'm I'm giving people like him hope. I'm helping them to see, you know, what everyone's trying to hide from them. And Spider's like, no, you're turning them into weapons. And Griff says, you know what? Sometimes a weapon is the right tool for the job. He's clearly got no regrets over anything that he's done. And this is the moment when Spider chooses to reveal, you know what? I found your phone in your flat. I've read all your messages saying thanks for the cash and now you've just revealed who it is. Thanks very much, mate. So, nice one. Nice he, one. he smelt it, dealt it. Yeah. Bye, bye, So bitch. Griff is there left going, oh, I shouldn't have revealed oh, my evil scheme. <laughs> Foiled again. Curses. Hate. Curses. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for the pesky spider. Um, so, Maria, back away from the prison, comes from comes home to the flat Little, um, little bit blown away by um, Len Cameron's offer. He's he wants her to give everything that they need for this refugee centre. I'm going to say clearly is trying to deflect any kind of um, guilt or, or or any kind of criticism or accusations. That's the word that are coming his way. Um, and he says that seeing what has happened to Alia has made him change his mind. But she's not really sure about that. But she's going to bite his hand off anyway. Um, then we get a phone call between Max and David, um, and, and Max says, I've had Alia visiting me, I can't talk for long, I need to go for tea, but can you come and visit me tomorrow? Can you bring oh. Shona and Lily? He's like, oh, I'm really very lonely, can people come and see me? And uh, that was quite sweet, but when the phone gets put down, Shona's like, uh, no, I'm not going. I'm not in the mood to play Happy Families, thank you very much. You just tried to snog Maria. I'm sick of being taken for granted, actually. No way are you using Max to emotionally blackmail me. And then Lily comes downstairs and and David's saying, oh, we're going to go and visit Max. But Shona's like, nope, I'm not going. So um, Alia goes to see Ryan later and says that I went to saw Max, like you said. Absolutely terrible, but I'm glad I did it. And then she invites him for a drink later. But there's something she needs to do first. And that thing is going back home to Yasmin to read her victim personal statement. And was this going for the, was this going for the BAFTA? Was this the Gale's speech looking out the window scene of 2023? I think they were going for something like that. Because there was a jolly long scene of her reading out about... Um, Luckily, she didn't have to memorise it. She didn't. It was all on a piece of paper. She, 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 she again, really good performance when she was given out. She's, she's clearly struggling to get these words out you know her hands are shaking the papers flapping back and forth she's fighting back the tears and and like you said the, the one of the lines towards the end of it is i'm not the outsider he is i've given more to my community than someone like he ever will and it's all you know very very triumphant towards the end but obviously very exhausting to read out and yasmin gives her a big hug so that was very nice um and then that's almost it for, for the episode. We have a little scene of Spider talking to Toya and saying, oh yeah, we're nearly, we're honing in, we're nearly going to catch the thunder, but I can't tell you who it is yet, Toya, I'm afraid. And, and also uh, we have um, David finding Alia in the pub and thanking her for speaking to Max. And she says, whatever I did, David, I did for me, not him. And then, um, and then Jenny, then there's this weird scene with a little bit where Jenny gets David wound up for sticking a beacon about Shona. And she's like saying, oh, did... 
your shoulder broken up with you or something. And David's like, bug off, Jenny, you interfere and nag. I didn't really get what that was about. But never mind, it didn't detract from the overall Just greatness of, of, of Wednesday's episode with that street. scene. Um, Wednesday, no, Friday, Friday. <laughs> Just going to go back and do Wednesday again. Is that okay for you, Yeah, Jenna? I think we should redo. No. Friday, so Shona is still refusing to go and see Max. Um, but she's starting to break a little bit. She kind of looks at her phone she's at one point nice. when David tries to ring her and she's like, oh, maybe I will. Mm. Um, Spider's still being very coy about um, who they're honing in He's on. He's basically like, oh, I know something you don't know. Oh, I know he was, not And so I was like, oh, well, I guess it's, um, I guess we shouldn't really um, uh, worry about this kind of secret in in a relationship, but I'm sure I can cope with it. <laughs> <laughs> she hates it, she hates not knowing. Just remember what happened to the last guy who crossed her spider. That's Yeah, I know, I know. So Toya goes to see Alia later. And that was over a secret. It was. Toya goes to see Alia, who's worrying before Blake's trial and the victim personal statement that she's going to have to read out and everything. This That's the heat pump. Of 2023, isn't it? Every time someone says victim personal statement, take, take a, a drink. Shot. Yeah. So she says, "Look, you, you don't have to go to, to do this, Alia." And Alia says, so "No, Blake's going to hear this truth." She and says, then, "I'm going to go and see it, but I don't want them to film me with any cameras there." So, well, Toya's like, you know, someone else can read it. Why don't Why don't you get Brian? He does a really good job last time. Oh yeah, good point. Good or point. I could do it because I, I I'm I'm good. I, I'm, I'm a very kind of, convincing. I'm victim. very emotive. Yeah. So. um then, then we have the scene with Len just very quickly wrapping up his time on the street, I guess. I don't know whether he's going to be in it next week, having a, a final boot stuck in. But he's there outside his speed dial, isn't he? With a, with a big novelty check because he's getting a load of publicity about, look how generous I'm being there. Was and it in the office when they were talking about how much it cost to buy a giant check and possibly. it was like £100 or something? <laughs> he's, no matter, you can afford it, he's loaded. And um, just as they're all posing for the cameras, this is when the police car turns out and Toya's like, oh, things are getting excited. Right in here, she's like, "Oh, there's my man coming out of a police car." He's Whoa. got a gun. Whoa. I'll save this picture. He's the well-oldest man in the whole street. <laughs> yeah, Spider gets out, and um, Cameron apparently gets arrested. Um, Not that we need to see that because we're just plebs. So um, Spider later on tells Maria that Len's computer has been investigated as well. Turns out, just to tie up a load of. <laughs> Other storylines and dangling threads. He was the one that was doing all the trolling of you and it stuff last year. It was the most year. awkward... Everything bad that happened to you, it's been Len Cameron. We found it no on No more his, questions. We found it on his internet. Yeah. It was really awkward because I, I thought this was poorly done. Because he says, oh, it looks like he was sending you threatening messages. It looks like he's behind quite a few of them. And we was like, oh, what specific messages? Because I, I, th- then I'll know. And he was like, oh, I don't really want to say because it's all, it's really bad. And then she's like, oh, I need to know. And he's like, oh, he, one of them was about you being strung up outside the town hall. <laughs> and we're just like, aha, I knew it. I knew it was him. But really, that mean, like, I wanted them to go a bit further. I wanted to be like, like really what? get really personal with it and stuff like that. <laughs> like, like loud mouth, bog eyed, stupid, flappy headed, <laughs> hairdressing bitch. You know what I mean? It was like, I mean, it was, it was pretty threatening. But it wasn't very imaginative, was it? It wasn't, no, no. 
Um, but I think if they got too detailed, it would have come off a bit comedic, don't you think? Well, I think that that's an image of Maria dangling outside no, the tower. No, uh, it's not. not. No. Um, anyway, so it, that's tied a bow and all of that. And it's all. It, and it was all never going to be him either, was it? We said it was going to be the other councillor, but the, yeah. the actor couldn't come back for these last scenes. I so. think, so he's been set up then, hasn't he? By yeah, he's probably been set up as, as Len. Anyway. Um, also, I, I literally can't believe that it was all Len. I think... It, there must have been loads of people, and the other, the sad fact. It must have, Maria must have annoyed more than was, one person. I was one of them. <laughs> no, I mean the sad, the sad fact of it is that trolls generate other trolls, and it's the behaviour becomes like a weird, weirdly like a like a virus. And once somebody starts doing it, loads of people will jump in and join in. Mm. So I bet you loads of people didn't even know who Maria was from Adam, but they just like harassing women on the internet. Maria and Adam are quite different characters. I don't know the difference. <laughs> I've got face blindness. I've accidentally stabbed someone. Maria, can you defend me in course? Don't tell Alia. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, Blake's got 12 years. Blake, Blake's got 12 years as well, if anybody well, still cares are about we, I bet we're never going to find out what, uh, what Len gets. I don't know. We might do. We might, it, it, it's almost like one of these things, because they like on Coronation Street to, say, make it feel like it's ended on Friday and then they bring it back for a final end on Monday, like, like, like they Zidane did with Zidane. Going. But that's a, that is a common thing that they do in Corrie. So maybe, you know, maybe, mm. maybe they will, you never know. But I don't I don't really need to see it because the, the whole yeah. who's funding the racists... I didn't. Like I didn't really need like... to know. It was like it was. It's like so unimportant. I know. Why can't they just be it's, self-made yeah, millionaires? If they or didn't something? explain it, then we'd be like, oh, how can we? Didn't know what they did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would. I know. I know what. But anyway, they used um, Martin Lewis, money-saving expert, to um, to yeah, get get money get on vouchers. Yeah. Yeah. Got the bomb with a voucher. They clearly got a cheap bomb. Did you see the amount of damage it, it was did? Rubbish. It was pathetic. Anyway. Um, so Platts Thank are visiting God Max later. So we got we got Lily, we got David, we got Shona, and Shona's like looking pretty hard faced. Like I'm only here under duress. Can I add that I love how much uh, like Lily is a lovable dope, isn't she? <laughs> she she just wants to know what food She's that like, they've got in the prison. What kind of pizza have you got? <laughs> and he's like vegetable. What kind of vegetables? I don't like vegetable. Footballers don't need vegetables. No, I think I loved her. I loved like she's becoming one of my favorite characters, one of my favorite kiddies. Yeah, she's I love her. She's always happy. She's she's always happy, and she's like she came out today. She's like, look at my outfit, got special prison outfit. (laughs) Lily, you're such a dope. I love you. She, she, I'm warming to her slightly. I I think she's brilliant. Give her a few years, we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens with her. I I think that that Max is great with her. I think that Paddy is is very is very good opposite. Well, there was sweet corn and yeah peppers. So anyway, um, (laughs) that that that's it with that. I, I just realised I put something in the wrong place. Well, they have a hug, don't they? Yes, they do. It's all lovely. Max and, 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 oh, yeah, Max and David have a hug. And it was a kind of a, a long, you know, emotive. tufty, roughy, tufty man, man hug. Man, it was a man oh. hug they had together. But it felt like oh, it was a bear there was proper, proper love coming out of that hug. They were mm. like really gripping each other in that scene. And, and Max is like, oh, I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm really sorry. Sorry, I was racist. How, how can you? How can well, you reject that? Max, Max tells stone. them that he's trying to work on himself. Yeah, and he doesn't come out and say like you know. It makes it sound like to me he's like, look, 
I've decided Alia's one of the good ones. You know what I mean? That's that's. I, I, he hasn't said I'm not a racist anymore. He, I, no, I don't think he has. But Are we supposed to assume that he is? I think it's maybe implied that maybe. I well, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, so what else did we have? Then, then, it, then, it was, then we had that scene with Toya and Ali and Maria and the Rovers. Nothing really happened there. And at the very end of the episode, David's been very maudlin on the sofa saying, oh, I failed my son. And he, he did kind of. Um, and he says, sorry, Shona, for all the drama at the start of the week. And she says, don't worry. When, when There's a secret, David. When, when people like me go off on maternity leave, they can't just come back. They've got to come, come back to drama. drama. And it was just that. Yeah, yeah. I was just coming back with a bang. It's fine. No, she's, she says, well, I'm sticking with you. We're a team. Hashtag yeah. Team Platt. Team Platt. Yeah. Um, no, I just wanted before before the end of this storyline to touch on a few other things that I guess are tangentially related to it, but I didn't think they were at the time. Um, it was funny to me that they said, Ali's got to write a victim personal statement and she has to go because Darian doesn't want to go. But then we didn't see either of them go. So <laughs> no, Darian could have gone. And Darian was in the episode, and he was in the wasn't episode. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, because Darian's been up to... Um, no towards... good. No, he's been fine. He's been fine. Oh, okay. Um, because there was there was a couple of scenes with Nina and Evelyn at the charity shop. We saw another precinct. Gregory Pope. We saw a precinct scene outside Gregory Pope. Gregory what? Pope Foundation. This and there was were children the playing on the swings and everything. Scene we saw in one of the shops. Well, outside. Outside the shop, one of the shops. It? They were coming because out, so. previously we've only been, had stuff in the the precinct play area. But now we got to see Evelyn and, and Nina. It felt a lot more bustling today, didn't it? Fidgeting with The only other clothes. scenes that we've had there, we had Summer and Ava, was it, um, was first. And then we had Adam, Harry and Sarah. Just or Both of those were just kind of sitting down scenes. But it yeah. felt like it was a lot more alive Everybody's today. So that was stuff. really cool. Um, and anyway, someone with only £10 comes along wanting a suit for an interview. And well, he, this feels like a biblical story. It, well, you know... Evelyn, Evelyn says, well, you're not having it. This is £20. And Nina says, no, it's fine. Look, I'll give you £10. I'll make up the rest myself. And he says, oh, thank you very much. I'll I'll pay you back. And Evelyn's like, well, that's the last you've seen of that £10. But Mo, for that is his name. You know what they is, say? What? Mo money, Mo problems. They do, don't they? Yes, they do. Um, Mo comes back to the cafe later, gives Nina a £10. <laughs> he reckons the interview seemed to go well, but it wasn't for no job interview. No. It was an immigration office interview, and uh, Darian's ears like, I know all about like, that. Immigration interview. Fellow refugee, hello, my good friend. Come, Come and have a leaflets. sit to me. I will read some leaflets for you. And um, what what do you know? What do you? What are the chances of this? Mo only knows Darian's brother. They were at the same processing centre and everything. Finally, so. we're getting somewhere with Mo with um Darian's brother. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. Still, I, I can't remember whether they've said what his name is. But um, no, it was. We're on the track, lads. It, it's going to happen, isn't it? The reunion between um. Darian and and brother Darian or something tragic is going to happen just yeah. before but um it felt like need... a little bit too much of a a leap of credibility that they just so happened to bump into somebody who knows this guy's brother who has gone missing and I, as soon as I saw this scene I went I know what Twitter's going to well, think of we... this oh yeah you did a bit of a search didn't you I was like I know what I can write in to find out what what people think I wrote Corey and I wrote woke 
and no, they didn't. I didn't get disappointed at all. <laughs> Lots of irate comments. Lots of people like going, "Oh, what is this Immigration Street?" Honestly, we thought we both kind of gave each other a look when Mo comes into the yeah. uh, cafe I and Darian's there. We thought that it was going to turn out. I kind of. I wish I'd, it was. I'd rather it I'd was. Like I know that would have been a coincidence as well, but it just feels like it being somebody who knows his brother is just too much of a coincidence that's now going to get dragged on. At least if it just so he just so happened to walk into it, it would have been a yeah. coincidence that it'd be over Christmas and done with. Christmas miracle. Yeah. Anyway, so so that's going on, and you know maybe something well, happened. Well, I I, I I need there to be some kind of happy ending to this there will story be. There will because be. I felt I was. I was gunning, you know, I, everyone knows, I was gunning for Darian to get shot. Uh, or don't stabbed. say you're gunning for Darian. <laughs> That's what got Blake in the problem. Who, who, who influenced you, Gemma? Griff. <laughs> um, I, was, I was expecting or hoping to, for them to up the ante by killing one or the other of them. Mm. But now it feels as though we've put a sort of a full stop on that yeah. story. I want it to be a happy ending. Mm. And I want Darian and yeah, his brother just, just to be ride a nice off into the distance. of it, wouldn't it? happy together yeah, I do, I mean yeah I, I, in a way I kind of like Darian to stay I do I think he's like sweet him, but he they're not sweet they're not lad. needed to give him much of a personality so far because he's just the, the 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 refugee that they need in this refugee story but there's just I think he he could stay and be developed more and maybe it's a case of well let's leave the door open for him if he's going to go away or something maybe he's going to go and you know lead a better life and then come back and he's a rich businessman or something I don't know oh yeah that'd be maybe, that would make <laughs> maybe, sense maybe um, so yeah like you, like you said I think this does feel like the end of this story which has been going what three months four months now I really Five? expected I don't this know. to go on longer than it has done but I know a lot of people would say that it went on too it long d- it but doesn't it, feel like it's been too long for me I mean if you if you take it it, it needs you know, to be long because it's you're watching somebody be radicalised, doesn't that happen? Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, it did happen a lot quicker, I think, than it actually would have done. But for dramatic licence, they had to have Max just watch one video and that's enough to convince him. But for a, for an issue story, I think it's felt like it's had a decent amount of time. I mean, if you go right back from the beginning, you think, well, when did Spider come back? That was, in a way, the beginning of the story. And that was the beginning of July, wasn't it? And Griff coming in in, in August. But I guess it, it, the real start of this storyline for me was the band with Sinister Lyrics. <laughs> and it's just kind of gone from there. I, I think they've given it enough time. I think mm. that the arc wasn't perfect. There were certainly bits where I was thinking, this isn't, this isn't going the way I want it to be. Spider's story about his wife, what's going on there? And yeah, that, that was doesn't odd. really work for me. And I didn't Max like... being uh, radicalised so easily. Mm. Yeah, he protested too much to you all, all the way through. Spider's like, I don't like involving children. Yeah, and then we had that whole thing with the bomb at the beginning of this year that was just massive misstep. But I honestly, if I look back on this story, and this was one where at the beginning I was like... I'm interested in this. It's got some characters that I like. This is something a bit brave for Coronation Street, a little bit different. I obviously haven't got the far-right story from Hollyoaks or whatever to compare it to, but on the whole, I'm happy with this story, and I'm looking back and thinking, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed it. What about you? Ditto. Do you want to say anything about it? said enough. Ditto Gemma agrees with me. Well, there we go. Um, I'm just kind of looking down about the rest of our notes for this, but I think a lot of it we we kind of covered. Do you do you kind of have the same sort of sympathy for Max as I'm 
still think it. I, I think that he can be saved and, and should be. Oh, I don't. I think it's incredibly sinister to say that there's there are any there's anybody apart from extremely few and far between people who cannot be redeemed. So I, I think I'm, it's a, a defeatist attitude to to, to say. I, I am in in everyday life a bit of a forgiver, and I don't. Oh, I'm not. I know you're not. But this is the Gemma, thing. Okay. Don't wrong Gemma. I think I I know that this is the incorrect attitude to have. And this is why I think that sometimes we need to acknowledge, I think this, but it's actually a good idea, it's a good thing, that A, I'm not in charge, and B, other people don't agree with me who are in charge. Mm. Yeah? Most people shouldn't be on a jury or a, a, a judge, because people are um, can be quite vengeful. And I think that um, it's, it's good that there are people who are, can be um, impartial and... I, I'm not too much of a pushover. I will has to be, Yeah, you shouldn't be on it either. <laughs> but that's why we need to act as a team, isn't it? That's why society needs all kinds of different people because sometimes you need somebody like me and sometimes you need somebody like you. Yeah. And I think we just need to be patient with one another and listen to each other, not necessarily agree, but understand that it's okay for us all to have different opinions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. I, I, I'm self-aware enough to to know that if everyone in like in the world was like me, we'd all be dead probably in five minutes flat. You couldn't be a diplomat, could you? I mean, I could also can be a nuclear scientist, so those would all blow up. <laughs> I couldn't do. I couldn't drive a train. Yeah. I can barely drive a car. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 yeah. So anyway, that's that. Um, what did you think of um, Shona's reaction to the kiss and everything? Oh, uh, it felt she... like this. It felt like manufactured soap drama. I Which just wanted, I just ignored all that. Honestly, I thought that that whole thing was just a big boring distraction from the rest of it. I didn't find it boring because I love Shona. Did you? Did you? Think oh, I love there was, Shona. Did you think there was any? A possibility that this could be like a short or long term or permanent stereotype. No, I just watched this going, them. oh, well, now they've kissed and Shana has to work like that, but I know she doesn't really want to, but she's being made to do it because, like, really, I, I kind of get the impression that it's a 50 50 on Shana's reaction here because I think if you caught her on the right day, she'd go, ha. You tried to kiss Maria yeah. as if she'd go with you. You're right, actually. I think I mean, she would have thought it was funny. She's been away for six weeks. Trousers back on. But the, And this is the thing with Shona. I think she could have had either reaction and it would have been in character for her. I think that yeah. her flying off the handle and saying, well, I'm leaving, I'm going back to, to where I'm going to go and stay at Roy's or whatever, that's her being kind of petulant and maybe immature and not, trying to understand I mean I th- I I'm, not, like... I'm not forgiving David's behaviour here but, but it could again, have been it... a lot worse what he did well again it felt like well he didn't really do that they just wrote in no I, that's I... how I felt about it it felt to me and I know this is not how it happens but they got to the end of the week and they went oh we need like 15 minutes more of something to do in this week what should we have have, no. have Maria and, and oh, David no I just think it was that back from maternity leave into the drama it was just the mule face wasn't but it but there was enough drama in the fact that Her her stepson's in prison for blowing, making people (laughs) blow other people up. With a knife. I'm going to blow you up with this knife. Watch (laughs) out. Um, It's a knife with a firework attached to it. Last last thing for the storyline before we move on. I'm going to stab you with a sparkler. Going back to Evelyn. That would hurt, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? It would. 
There was a funny scene this week where Evelyn was buying oh, a drink. Yeah. In the Rovers. And paying with a contactless card. And going, boop, boop. She just... Boop. It, there's no, there was nothing inherently funny about it, but she had to boop her card twice. And I was well, just I like... Well, I don't think she did. I think she got it the, fir- the first time, but she's just been a, 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 a dotty old... No, well, uh, no I, for me, it was that she got it wrong. I think it got the, the uh, uh, boop the first time. And it was just... And, and just for, to get Evelyn going, for heaven's sake, bloody technology. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether I'm reading more well, into this need than there actually everyone's was. Everyone's to write their theories. Whoever wrote this. the episode... Was boop, it Wednesday? Boop. I got the. Did Evelyn is, mean to right, boot that twice? This is my interpretation of it. She did it, and it and it went through. But she hates the fact that these stupid things are booping, and she thinks it's all a bit load of nonsense. And so she clicked, she tapped it again because she hates bloody contactless cards, <laughs> and, and she, she wishes won't. she could go back to the day where you could buy a point with threepence. <laughs> Shall we move on to another storyline? Yeah. Think it's time for the Daisy. Look who's stalking story. And Gemma. Is it me? Tis your story. Tis my turn. Yes. Well, I'll get a drink then. Oh, yes. Cup of tea time. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> She's Gemma's you... already out the door. <laughs> She's going. going. To it. I thought you were going to pause it. But no. I'm going to pause it right now. Cup of tea. Yum. We're back. We're back. We've got, we've got our tea. I've got cider and tea. I, my tea is too hot. I can't drink it. But I, I am anticipating... Oh. It's tealy deliciousness. So, Gemma, look who's stalking. It's Justin. Monday, it is. Mm. Uh, Daisy's got a load of otter brooches. Are you sure they're brooches, not badgers? You don't know the difference, do you? No, Just I think like, she you said don't brooches. Know the difference between I don't think I'd have written brooches if I hadn't said brooches in this group. It's like, of course I do. No, you don't. I didn't used to, but I do now. All right. Daisy receives a message from Justin saying that he was the one who delivered the otter brooches. Why he's is a he... delivery man, isn't he? Oh, no, okay, sorry. He delivered it. He didn't buy them or order them no, or anything. No, no. But um, he's got her number because the he, he was a delivery man and the company printed the phone number on the address label. I, and don't, Daisy's, I don't think that's, you know, a very good idea. Would delivery Daisy, companies what, do that? Excuse me, Daisy's furious and confused that they do this all the time. Do they? They yeah. put your phone number on a label. Well, yeah, so that you, so that the delivery driver can go, hello, where are you? You're supposed to be getting these otter brooches. Can't leave them in the street. Someone's going to steal them. Everyone loves otter brooches. <laughs> they do sometimes need your they number. They do really love otter brooches. They do sometimes need your oh, number. Okay, fine, right, it depends on what kind of courier you are. If you're delivering fresh crabs, like he wishes he could. <laughs> right, Daisy's telling Jenny that she's blocked his number, but... Um, but now he can just use the number on any phone. And Jenny says, well, maybe you don't, maybe you should just never leave the house again. <laughs> Basically. She says, look, maybe you need to be a bit more careful now. Don't go out after dark. Tell you what, Jenny's right. After what happened at the end of this week. Oh well, yeah, she's lost her trips on the floor. Soon. Yeah. Um, and you, maybe you should get some pepper spray. And Daisy's like, you can't get pepper spray in this country. That was funny. When, when Jenny said that, even, and, and Daisy said it pretty quickly, but you turned around to me and said, you can't get pepper spray in this country, actually. And then Yeah, because I looked like, into it. Can't. Because I, wish, I want pepper spray. My, contra- against my controversial opinion, which I, again, previously, remember everybody, don't get mad at me, I said I shouldn't be in charge of anything. I think women should be allowed to carry pepper spray, but not men. Why? Because we, because you have your your bodies are weapons that you can use. We don't have anything. We're weaker. We're weaker Why than men. That? You could. You're still stronger than I am. If you, if we had a fight, you would beat me. I don't know. And you'd hurt me. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do I know that. you wouldn't meet. I know you wouldn't in real life. But my point is that men's bodies are weapons, and women are defenceless. 
But, you know, and also, I think if you're a bloke and you're worried about women being allowed to have pepper spray, why? <laughs> because they, cause if they used it against you, it'd be a big crime, wouldn't it? Yeah. They'd only use it against you if you didn't think you shouldn't be doing. The, well. Well, it makes you, doesn't it make you think? That would be the first time a man would actually be scared of a woman, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying that women never can never hurt men and that, that no man's ever had, you know, obviously men are victims of violence from women too, but it's a far small amount. Yeah. That's my controversial <laughs> opinion. No, it's fine. I just kind of, my mind is drifting and I'm thinking of other kind of condiment tell. sprays that you could have and it's making me think of the condiment king from Lego Batman. Right, okay, so this is my new I idea. think that women should have mustard spray. Mustard spray. Mustard. No, well, must, French's, mustard. French's mustard. Yeah. And then we squirt it in your eyeballs and run away. Mm. I, you could actually get away with being able to carry mustard. Anyway, we, this is already running long. That's my controversial opinion. There you go. What do you think, ladies? About ever all the all the women are going. Yeah, I want. Yeah, that, this is a good idea, actually. Right. Anyway, Daisy's like, no. I, I, why should I stay in ho- at home? Why shouldn't I go out at at, at night? Don't what if forget. I want some chips. It gets dark at half past five here, so I should be allowed to do what I like. It's not the Middle Ages, right? So later on, Daniel gets um goes back to the pub, but Jenny sent Daisy home, and he's not. Ha- she's not happy about it. Because Daisy is going to uh, retreat into her shell and it'll be terrible. I will say, I was really, um, what's the word? Surprised yet pleased at Coronation Street's exploration of misogyny this, this week. I really felt as though they're finally talking about something that I've not really heard many people Yeah, they were, they were, they were preaching to you this week, weren't they? It, the saying, it's, See, it's what I've been saying for ages. It's like the most invisible-ism there is. They, they really did um, do a good job, I think, of making Daisy show... of, of showing that people were trying to... Con- control uh, her control and Daisy what and, to do and, yeah. and, like, blaming her. And belittle her, her and, and she was just there saying, people keep saying these things. Yeah. I've got a brain of my own that I can and, run my own life. And, you know, isn't uh, the things that... Um, that were being said to her, a lot of people would say, oh, that's not unreasonable. That's actually, you should listen to them. But no, that's that's part of the reason, that's part of misogyny. You're not even realising. You wouldn't tell a man half the things that she got told this week. I'm surprised nobody said, you're just upset because you're in your period. <laughs> so on Wednesday, Daisy is listening to a voice uh, message from Justin that he left last night saying, oh, I couldn't go to bed last uh, without saying goodnight to you and so on. And she tells Steve and Daniel, and this is what you were saying about a sensible Steve. Sensible Steve and Daniel says, I'll stay off work. It's like... Daniel, any excuse you work, shy, shy bugger, go to you work. You can't stay off work. work because there's the Max storyline there. Go be in the other storyline for a bit. She says, I'll be fine. And Steve's like, oh, look after her. <laughs> That's the last we see of Steve all week, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's like, God, this is too much pressure. I'm going. <laughs> I've got to go and sort out my scaffolding. Sorry, Daisy. <laughs> I've got to go stare at it. Distracted. Um, someone comes into the pub to speak to her and she's concerned, but it turns out he's just from the caterers. And um, they have this meeting and it's going all right, but you've missed what happened here because Jenny's really enthusiastic, but it turns out that he says to her, oh, well, we know that you're an influencer because I've seen your social media and we're really happy to work f- for I did with miss you. that, you're right. And um, she's like freaking out going, oh God, I don't, like all these people are staring at me. I keep putting my phones on the internet and I keep looking at them. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, but uh, 
she's like, I can't deal with this. I, I just need sleep because she's worrying. She can't, she can't rest. Um, Daniel goes back to number one and he's like, I tried to, I tried to talk to you, but you turned your phone off. And so she says, oh, I'm, I'm fine. And she turns it back on again. And it and message and message and message comes beep, 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 beep. And she's oh, and crying. She just, yeah. So when is this going to stop? She's great. She's great. And she, she's really selling the the despair and the and the fear and the just all out nastiness and of I, this situation. She's doing a fab job. And I can say this, and this is not advice for Daisy because this is not advice for people who are being stalked. This is, doesn't really make any difference to that situation. But if your notifications from social media make you anxious, just take them off. You don't need to know when someone's tweeting at you or if they like your, you just don't need to know. It's gonna, it's probably making you more anxious than you realise. Turn them off and then you only have to look at them when you go into the app. That, it was really getting to me, myself. I was getting anxious sometimes with all the, the messages coming up. Cause it's not just like, oh, I'm not worried about what people are saying. It's just like, oh, I need to pay, oh, I need to Must be- Must engage. Your... Yeah, you, no, you can turn it off and only look at it when so you I've want to look at it. still got them on, but yeah, you, you've got- I had to do the same thing with my work on, emails. Yeah. It's like, every time my email, bleeped I was like oh god I've got to do something for work and half the time it's just like 50% off <laughs> at Sephora you've been getting some funny messages this yeah, week yeah. haven't you I've got suddenly oh, my on, personal... on one of Gemma's other Facebook accounts you've been getting lots of really random messages I get all these I've got, I suddenly had like about 200 new followers and they keep going hey baby how you doing <laughs> you got one in French as well yeah. didn't you Asking how you were. Well, I'm just liking the attention, to be quite honest. Don't know what Daisy's complaining about. <laughs> so, okay, right. So she's she's distraught here. She can't cope with this. And she can't get her head around. Or oh, Daniel's also like, I can't understand why Justin thinks this is going to work. Why? What is he? What does he think he can achieve with these messages? And then another one comes in and it says, I'd rather die than be without you. And I know you feel the same. And Daniel says, well, that's it. You come in with me. Get your, get your notebook. Get your phone. We're going to go to the police station. This is a clear death threat. I didn't think that Daniel, although some of what Daniel was saying was a little bit patronising and mansplaining and everything this, this week. This was fine. Her, I think him saying, right, this is the turning point. But this is enough is enough. I think that was good for him. I would like to say here that they might have had more success. And sadly, this not that I agree that this is right. If they had gone to the police and said, this man is suicidal, he needs intervention. He's written, I'd rather die. I think that that indicates suicidal thoughts as well as homicidal ones. Mm. I think it's more um, more of a suicidal thing because he's not going to be with her, is he? Well, it was, it It's like a murder-suicide. Yeah, exactly. It came across to me as being a bit of an Arnold Sway and Emily Bishop situation. Yeah, I know, but I think Daniel would have had more success, sadly, because I think the police would have cared more about that. Mm. I think the police, they, you know, if you say welfare check, suicidal thoughts, they know what to do there. If you come to them and go, look at this, you know, look at my Instagram on my, on my friend pick's face or whatever, they don't know what they're doing. No, well, you would hope that if you went to the police, if you're in a situation like Daisy is, that they would be a bit more helpful than they actually were. Well, because, in this fictional story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because a few weeks ago, she went, it was Craig, wasn't it, that she spoke to her first? And Craig he was probably wrote it down with invisible and then, but this PC Scott character that was, um, I don't know if this is the first time that it was in it, I don't know, but he was um, particularly unhelpful, but not in a Craig useless way, just in a way of... Just an incompetent. 
Well, well just not, in a he's rude, not Compton, is he? He's no. just like, I don't think this is a crime. He's like, don't worry your pretty little head about this. He's like, liking thing. a pretty lady is not a crime, and if it is, lock me up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so he's not helpful. He says, look, there hasn't been a, there's no difference here. This is not an escalation. She says it's constant. It's every day. And he says, all right, tell, all right, tell me about it then. So she says that I've written this down. I've said this, done this. He's done that, blah, blah, blah. And he's taking it down. And he says, okay, I'll do a report. And she's like, what do you mean a report? I need something to be done about this. And he says, well, this isn't a crime. I can't do anything about it. So they go home. Um, Daniel and Daisy go home. And um, he says, we should change your number or something. And she says, no, I'm just going to ignore him. And I'm not, I'm going to move on with my life. And I'm just going to just gonna zone him out and Daniel says no how how about this I can have your phone and I can read the messages and then you don't have to and then she suddenly gets another notification and it's this bloody policeman going through her holiday pictures going right that one that was really good and she's like great now I've got another stalker yeah she's like Katamari Demancy of, of stalkers what's that Katamari Elvis rolling, rolling around and just collecting stalkers as she goes <laughs> well she shouldn't be so beautiful then should she well this is the thing this is what they say. They said it to me many times. So I can't help it. Um, Friday, Daniel's taken the day off work to look after... He's work shy again. To look after Daisy and her phone. Just, yeah, three-day weekend. She's got a new phone, and it, she's only got her family and close friends on that. Yeah, and, um, so Daniel's looking after her social media phone. For some reason, she, Daniel... Daniel's promoted himself from I'll just look at your messages for you to I'm going to go to a meeting on your behalf, take the photos and upload them to the internet myself. I don't know why she let him go instead of her. Well, last time that she went to that wedding fair, was that a social media thing? It was also a normal wedding. That's when Justin That's because she posted it when she was there. Yeah. And you did this. When we went to Manchester, I said, don't post while we're here. And you went, I don't care. <laughs> well, we got some people commenting on our uh, I on told our you not to do it. Saying, oh, Justin's going to be stalking you, I, Michael. I wasn't involved in that. I said, <laughs> can you not do it? And you wouldn't listen to me. I just wanted to tell people straight away. I know, so you're so excited. Um, so... He told her, she told him, don't post anything, I'll do it. But he's like, I know better than her. So he posted... I, I'm an excellent writer. A I've got an English graduate, thank you. He posted as an ice sculpture company. So he posted... A nice a pic- sculpture company. Ice, I said. <laughs> I and um, he, he wrote some kind of Shakespearean quote underneath it about ice and, and tagged her on company. She's like, you lunatic. What are you doing? Well, I told you not to do this. And, she, and he says, look, this is... Too much hassle, you're overreacting, you're getting too stressed. And she says, I'm trying to fund our wedding here. You're not going to be able to do it with your work-shy behaviour, going to work only like twice a week. (laughs) And he says, well, then we'll just get married later on. And she's like, oh my God, this is not what I want to hear from you. And they start arguing. I thought um, Glenda was creating that Scott scene because she was coming up with these other ice puns. She's like, you can't go wrong with I ice to meet you or, yeah. or whatever it is. And what was the other one she came I can't up remember. With? But oh, she... nice work if you can get oh, it. Oh yeah, ice work if you can get it. it She's was, great. She was, she was good this week. But then there was a bit where the camera was like slowly panning down <laughs> underneath the bar and it's like, is she going to have some secret thing underneath? She's no, just showing her, Just showing her pulling a pint. It was a bit of an odd shot, that one. But on the whole, tonight's was very well done. Dom Stevenson, I think he did some excellent directing. Because there was a scene that comes later on that I particularly liked um, in the hall of number one, where when Daisy mm. is... Um, oh, let, let's, wait, let's wait until yeah, we we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get to there. it, yeah. So, Daisy's had a stress out, and now she's going for a walk. And she's having a coffee. And she sees Justin walking down the road with this bunch of white flowers. And she... <laughs> 
she grabs them. She's like, I don't want these stupid flowers. And she stamps on them. And then she, and then he like tries to grab her and she punches him on the nose. And George comes out of the shop. I don't know where he was. Well, he must have come, he must have been waiting outside the funeral parlour, wasn't he? Because um, turns out Justin was I there. I thought they were on the other side of the road, but he comes out of the speed dial. Anyway, it's oh, irrelevant. He comes out and he goes, what the hell are you doing? His mum's just died. <laughs> and Daisy's like, I'm sorry about your mum, but that's all I I'm think sorry about. As, as the uh, the seasoned soap opera connoisseurs as we are, we could have maybe seen that little twist coming. Well, I said we? it straight away. I know, it's like, his mum's died, don't he? That's what those flowers are for, but um, classic misunderstanding. This was This was also a classic trope of fiction, the Cassandra effect, where she's there ranting and raving and all the men are like, calm down, love. And it's like, no, I am saying the truth here. Can you not see that I'm, what I'm going through? And they're like, oh, women. Can't really hear what she's saying because it's too high pitched. Well, that's true though, isn't it? She doesn't really articulate very well what's what's happening. And she so doesn't know. George, and George comes out. It's too much to explain for George because he's not... He's, but he needs he, things to be... He's been out be, of the situation. He's nothing well, to do with him, although unless Glenda's been talking to him He about comes it. out on the street and there's and, and Daisy's attacking a man who's bereaved and stamping on his flowers for his mum. So it's kind of difficult to explain the situation from that perspective. But anyway, George immediately takes Justin's side because he doesn't know anything other than what he's seen. But, you know, I th- would have thought that if you knew Daisy at all, you'd think, this isn't normal for her. There must, you must have done something. Oh, come on. She is a bit of a drama queen. She, she goes around just slapping, slapping <laughs> all the men all the time. So um, Daisy goes home. She cries on the floor. And this is the scene that you were talking about that you yeah, thought yeah, was well directed. Whole, it was. It was like a, because she was there with her was it and Daniel. They were sitting at the bottom of the stairs with the back against the wall. And the camera was was there sitting in, in, in the front parlour and... They don't, is that the room, the front room, whatever? And they don't usually show that angle. It, it felt new and a bit different. There was another scene um, later on or earlier on, I can't remember, in the episode, which was like looked like it was taken from the, the Red Bank steps looking down onto Victoria Street, which was nicely mm. done as well. Yeah. So she's crying and um, he's trying to make her feel better and says... Um, they're, they're talking about whether they should postpone the wedding because they don't know whether Justin's going to ruin it. But they don't make any real decisions. I don't think they do anyway. If they did, they wouldn't clear. Jess comes in. Jess, do everyone remember Officer Jess? Officer Jess. I can't remember Craigie's what her surname is. Bessie mate yeah. on the police force. She comes into the pub and she says, Got to come down to the station with me for a um, voluntary interview. And Daniel's like, No, what? What's happened? And she's like, Allegation made against you for doing a sloppity slap to a man. And Daisy says, Well, fine, I'll go. It was so, a bit more than a sloppity slap. He did have a bloodied nose at the end of it. But I know, but she, it was a, it was a, it was a bop at least. She should have got him with a mustard, <laughs> like that, straight in the eyeball. Ketchup at one nostril, mustard at the other. Dijonets in the eyes. Um, right, so Daisy is being interviewed by PC Jess and she's like, I can't believe you are interviewing me when this guy is the one who's been doing all the crimes. And Jess is like, I don't know what you mean. You, I didn't, you, nobody told me about this. Then PC, is it the same guy, PC Scott? Yeah. He comes in. Oh, yes, it was, sorry. He comes in and goes, oh, Justin's withdrawn his complaint. Calm down. With the, <laughs> he the- says, look. You, you're kind of, you, you need to calm down and I'm just saying, you're not being funny or anything, but you are posting everything you do on the internet and then wondering why people are liking it. And Daisy's like, you can't tell me that. And he, he, he kind of looks at Jess like, get a load of that and walks off. I was wondering, and I don't know whether I'm just making stuff up there. Were we supposed to believe, because I did, that PC Scott 
made Justin drop the charges no. or something because no, it was part of his plan. She'd told no. Uh, what, Go on, tell was, me what you why well, you think. No, that? Daisy told Jess that PC Scott's a bit of a dodgy geezer. So does she go and tell Scott what's going on here then? And then Scott tells Justin, no. right, you better drop your, your charges why? just no, so that everybody that kind up. of forgets about it. That's how I read the scene, but nothing No, there's nothing in there. there. I'm going to explain to you what I think is happening here. Go on then. Um, it, it's, um, you, you also didn't write this down, but <laughs> Jess tells, no, Daisy tells Jess that PC Scott's been liking her stuff. Yeah, yeah. And creeping over her as well. And she's like, well, that's, sorry about that. You shouldn't have been doing that. But I think this is Justin exercising any control whatsoever that he can do. He doesn't actually want Daisy to get in trouble because he th- thinks they're in love. He wants to punish her. The, 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 there's, a, there's a saying, the process is the punishment. The, the legal system, I don't, think it apply, I don't think it's applied specifically in the way I'm doing it, but I'm using it in this instance to describe the fact that Daisy being put through the um, humiliation of having to go to the police station and the anxiety and the worry about having this dangling over her, this is Justin's way of controlling her and punishing her for going against him. He doesn't want her to go to prison or he doesn't want to press charges against her. He wants to control her and he wants her to be with him. Mm. So he's punishing her with the process that of... And also it shows in a way that this system doesn't always work for victims like Daisy. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because um, there's a lot I don't know about the laws behind all this stuff. But it's definitely much easier to look at two people with a, and a witness and go, well, you punched him on the nose. Yeah. Crime. Well, I was trying Compared to... Compared to, he's liking all my tweets and sending me messages. I did a minimal amount of research last night about the, the legalities surrounding stalking, and I couldn't really figure much of it out, because this was the thing, after Wednesday's episode, when PC's got saying, well, you know, he's not really done a crime there, lots of people online I saw going, yes, yes, he is. Why? Why? A policeman th- would never say that. Uh, yeah, why, why are they making this out? This is just misinformation, Coronation Street characters I'm um, sorry viewers are now going to be too scared to or to, to bother to report if this happens to them well done Coronation Street just for the drama but luckily they did pick up on this today well, it's didn't part they? of the story the story wasn't yeah. finished on Wednesday no. and I I find it frustrating to to have the insinuation that a police officer would never ever do anything wrong and that a police officer all, no, all police officers know all the laws about everything that's that's definitely not true no there's a lot of laws that they don't actually understand and they misapply laws in, in some cases and they don't they they think some things are a crime that they aren't and vice versa mm. and most of them do know but some of them don't just the same as any other job and um are we are we gonna pretend that a woman wasn't murdered by a police officer Are we going to pretend that all police officers are angels and they never do anything wrong? Are we going to pretend that there's not a massive problem with misogyny in the police force? And um, there are there are actually thousands of well, hundreds, hundreds, at at least over a thousand police officers in London being investigated for um, violent crimes at the moment. Are there? There is a lot going on in the police force, and there are lots of reasons for women to be suspicious. Or worry Ooh, about the quite, reaction. Quite timely, this character then. There, there's, there was the there, there are cases of police officers taking photographs of women's 
corpses who victims of crime who've been murdered and sharing it with each other there was the the guy that was wayne cousins who who murdered that woman he was called everyone called him rapey they knew he was a rapist they knew that he was dangerous the police force protected him mm. well i don't think it's that... not a story about that but if you you can't pretend it's not happening you can't pretend that all the police officers are exactly the same and they're all fantastic wonderful professional and none of them are misogynistic, chauvinistic <laughs> pigs like PC Scott is. Yeah. And I think you need to um, recognise that Jess is the balance here. And Jess is the one who's being a professional and um, a competent, caring police officer. The same way that you would hope that, that all police would be depicted if you're in the police. But the same way that other professions get um, chucked under the bus. I'm afraid that you have to accept that it's going to happen with police. Because that happened, it, you know, I was trying to think of a profession that Coronet Street hasn't thrown under the bus. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's probably the NHS. And then I remembered Mr. Oh, Mr. Thorne. Mr. Yeah. Thorne. I was wondering the other day whether there'd be any mileage in them not having the character of Scott doing this, but having the guy that was um, investigated for racially profiling um, Michael and James, the one that was like, I'm not racist, I'm not racist. It, it would be interesting if he was also saying... I'm not sexist. No. I'm not misogynist. No, I think that that would that would be. No, no, because there are racist cops and there are sexist cops, and some of the the Venn diagram overlaps somewhere. Both? But I wouldn't say that it's helpful to say this is the problem cop and he's the only one that does anything wrong. <laughs> At the end of this story, is like you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be a police officer after all. I, I think I've say, got. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't be sexist. <laughs> no. no, you're right. That Can't would never give happen. up on the sexism. It's got to be the police in that goes. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Weatherfield. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, just a little bit more. Crime. I I definitely um, understand that there are lots of really, really great, dedicated, wonderful, professional, lovely police officers who genuinely care about the community and take their oath seriously. And if you, I guess if you want that, watch Happy Valley. <laughs> but um, this is a story about stalking and, and sometimes victims do get given wrong advice. And and um, the other point I also want to make is if it was, if if um, the story was, she went to the police and went, yes, we'll sort it out. And she said, thank you very much. And then Justin said, sorry about that. Then the story would be over in a week. A bit boring. It's not a story. And, and that doesn't actually happen in real life and people get stalked for years and years and that's a story about this mm, mm. that's what we're talking about we're not talking about the ones that go <laughs> sorted out in five <laughs> seconds flat so with that said back to back to the back plot. to the story so justin comes into the pub so later, doesn't he they've now left and justin comes into the pub to see daisy and he wants to She's talk like, to I her i can't believe why don't you just why don't you leave me alone How, this was bizarre. i didn't a cheek i didn't really get the point of this scene because Justin's like, I need to talk to you. And he doesn't really say anything. Um, they all sit... They Daisy and Daniel and Justin sit in the pub. And Justin says, oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to call the police. I want to make it right to you. I'll give you another chance to be with me. And she's like, no, go, you're delusional. Go away. You're nothing to me and you never will be. And he's like, oh, you'll regret this. And then goes, <laughs> like, okay. I kind of really wanted her to be smarter and I wanted a bit more fire and, you know, back and forth and... She's just been worn down though, hasn't she? And she was caught off guard a little bit by him coming into the police station. I uh, think sorry, into the pub. It's probably important for the story for her to clearly and plainly tell him, 
I am not interested in you. You have to leave me alone. But it's not really that interesting or fun, <laughs> is it? Or no, I'm, I'm happy the way they're going with it. So and then, Jess, I, yeah, I, was, I thought it was interesting when Jess came in because Jess, it's like you're not a character. What are you doing? Jess is like, oh, guess what? They let me wear a, just normal clothes. <laughs> I'm in my civvies. I'm gonna have my own dressing room before I know it. So Jess comes in and she finds Daisy, and um, she, Daisy's initially hostile to her. Going, I told you everything. I thought I was thought charges have been dropped, and she says, no, I'm just here for a chat. I want to tell you, Scott got a reprimand for his actions, and here's the thing. I'm wondering. Um, is Scott going to get his knickers in a twist about this and start going after after Daisy to get his revenge? Yeah, maybe. Because that happens as well. And it shouldn't do. But it yeah, does. Yeah, well, maybe Scott will do something and Justin will get the blame for it. Or, or vice or versa. Or vice versa. And she also says to Daisy, um, I've, got, I've got some ideas for what you can do. One thing is to go for a stalking protection order. So is that like a victim personal statement? Yeah. <laughs> Protection stalking order. Um, no, this is good because this is what she should have been told initially, mm. and perhaps the, the perhaps the the cop didn't know that this was a thing. On the way back from the chip shop in the dark, just like Jenny warned her against, Daisy gets confronted by Justin coming out of the dark, and he says, "Look, um, I know you only were mean to me because Daniel was there, and you really love me." And she says, no, leave me alone. And if you don't, I'm going to get a stalking protection order out on you. In fact, I've already started doing it. And he gets mad about it. And he um, she he starts advancing on her and she drops her chips, which is the most tragic part of the whole week. And then to the, some, a couple of blokes standing outside the Rovers were like, all right, love, are you okay? And then Justin gets spooked and he says, you're a self-centred, ungrateful bitch. And then he runs off. And that's the end of the episode. And I said to you, this is unrealistic because in real life, Daisy didn't say anything to the men. She she just let them Mm. ask her if she was okay and she didn't respond because she was too shaken. But in real life, if she hadn't replied to them, Within within seconds, they would be like, oh, you stuck-up bitch, what do you mean? What's wrong with you? Do you think you are? We helped you out there. You could at least say thank you. Rovers doesn't attract that kind of clientele, Gemma. Well, Gemma has high standards. Well, no, I, don't, just, I just have been around burly men <laughs> who are nasty nasty men. Um, I'm, I'm still loving this storyline. I, I am feeling in some ways it's getting a little repetitive, but... That's what it's like to be stalked, Michael. Like, Welcome to the club. Uh, but yeah, I'm weirdly not bored by it. I'm, well, I'm, nice. I'm enjoying it I'm glad all. she's not boring it, you with those uh, tales of woe. Well, a lot of it is just, oh no, look, I've got another message again. Oh no, I've got another beep on my Instagram. Oh no, here comes Justin to be creepy. But but, I, but that's underselling it because the performances Justin are really, really selling it. Just the, the guy playing Justin. So scary and sinister and creepy and weird. Yeah, he's, he's just doing a brilliant job. Creepy, smiley man. Because he's quite unassuming, isn't he? Yes. He he, And when we first saw him, he was very vulnerable and and sweet. And um, Yeah, it's not like he's come big, burly, roughy tufty like, ugh. But he if, does, yeah, he's he can turn it, he can turn that sinisterness on really well. Yeah. Yeah, they've cast him fantastically. And having that scene set after dark, and Coronation Street doesn't do very many after dark scenes, sadly. And it and it wasn't just filmed during the day with a nighttime filter oh, over the camera like they've been known to do in the past. <laughs> um, we, we can tell, Curry, when you do that. Um, um, I, I, 
Now, well, I assume so. Although they did do a good. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I thought we'd it's... finished talking about the darkness. No, I'm just thinking. Actually, they did do that good nighttime scene with um, Gary digging the grave last year, didn't they? That was actually filmed during the day, and it looked quite nighttimely. So maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, Sorry. Now, no, I, I was just trying to collect my thoughts. If that's all right with you, stalker. <laughs> right. So um, I'm getting slightly frustrated with. Daisy not doing some things that feel quite obvious to me, and again, this this is there's definitely a difference between victim blaming and saying why don't you try this? Okay, and I'm not victim blaming her at all, but he's a delivery driver and he's got her number from a parcel and now he's harassing her. I'm sure that if she phoned the delivery company and told them he's done that and she's reported it to the police mm. and she gives them a crime number, they will say okay, we're really sorry he's fired because that would immediately make... He's got no... He's got a reason to be in her vicinity as as long as he's a delivery driver on that route. The thing she is, She takes do you think that, that away from him. Would, would Justin mind being fired if at of the end of the day gonna, he was gonna, he's got his her number and that's really what he wants? Of course, it's, it's not necessarily going to stop the behaviour, but it's a step closer to protecting herself. Mm. I don't know how you take out a restraining order... Or if that's a thing that's just an American... Is that Americanism? I don't know. But I'm sure you can say, you leave me alone and don't come anywhere near this part. I think that's a thing, yeah. She should look into that. Mm. The trouble is, as Jess says, you have to collect lots of evidence to prove. You can't just like go, I don't like this person, they can't come They can't come to Bitten anymore. Mm. You know, that's not... That would, that would be misused. This is the trouble. All of the things that are remedies for this you could apply to people that you just don't like so they need evidence to prove that this is actually there's actually a good reason for doing it and sadly that involves you being harassed by them for a certain amount of time I know it's rubbish isn't it well there's the same thing with like say if you have a problem neighbour or something you have to write down Mm. the behaviour and you have to have evidence before it was good I mean that I think when she saw Craig the first time he was the one that told her to start documenting everything and that's what she brings out doesn't she to to PC Scott so that that was good to show that it it didn't didn't work clearly but she was just speaking to the wrong officer because as soon as Jeff's got wind of this she's like I, I, I want to help you and even off duty I'm going to help you I like and Jess I, I like she, Jess yeah, look, look you can't get it's mad nice about the police being depicted poorly because Jess took took time out of her personal day to go and and help mm. Daisy that's the sort of police officer that we want and expect it's just so funny seeing her coming back as a as a kind of a proper character because I don't know if she's going to be a, out of this Come out no, I don't. I don't think story, she will. But but it was really nice. I think good use of yeah, that character. I think I think really, really good use of somebody that people young, are going to recognise. Because but. we've got lots of police officers that we do recognise, and lots of women in the force that mm. we could say, oh, BDS Beckett, or whatever. But Jess is a similar age to Daisy, although you know we've all we've all just found out that I can't tell people's ages, so she <laughs> might be t- twenty-two. She could be eighty-two for all I can tell. <laughs> but um, similar age to Daisy, and she's probably a bit more up on how people can actually be harassed. Because, you know, to give... To, you know, PC Scott a, a, seems like a bit of a dinosaur and, and a bit of a chauvinist and a pig. But he probably also doesn't really understand if he's not on social media. He is on social media. He likes oh, holiday true. posts. But he's he obviously more of a right? consumer than a... You know, I don't think anyone's going to be... 
like in his holiday pictures. He doesn't know what it's like. Jess probably does. Jess, Jess understands it a bit better. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Having somebody who finally understands it because I don't know. Je- Je- got- Jenny's been kind of listening. Je- Glenda's been kind of listening, but De- De- Jess seems to be the first woman that's heard about the woes that Daisy's gone through. Who's actually saying, "Oh, this really does sound like a problem," rather than just like, "Oh, just ignore him," or oh, "It'll go away." Without wishing to know to to sort of put. Uh, words in people's mouths or anything I do wonder how much of Jenny and maybe Glenda I'm not sure how much of their kind of like you know okay you know brushing it off concerned but going you know is is a result of them having grown up in a slightly different era when a bloke would have tapped you on the ass and it was a funny joke yeah, yeah, that's no. a good point, you know, with a little bit of the of age them, difference, yeah. And then, you know, Jenny, Jenny's worked behind the bar for, for she's been a barman, she's a Pom Delight girl. Yeah. Um, and, and Glenda's worked in the cruises and she's a, she's an entertainer who's around drunk men all, all the time. There's, so there's no way she hasn't had people yelling, nice tits, love, and she's supposed to go, ha ha ha, thanks so much for the compliment. Every woman loves to hear that. <laughs> you know, she can't stop a show and go eject this drunkard from the cruise. Yeah, you just got to roll with it. There's a certain element of having to put up with this behaviour and expectations of women to, mm. to sort of just think it's a funny... It's a funny, you know, no big deal. And this was another thing, talking about Happy Valley again, that, that even gets addressed in Happy Valley when they were saying, you know, when she, when, when what's her face? Catherine. Mm. When she was younger, they were all sexist to her. Yeah. And they had to wear mini dresses mm. to work yeah. as part of their uniform. Yeah. And everything's changed. And um, perhaps there is a bit of that of, I'm not saying that Jenny or Glenda are saying, you know, you've got to deal with it. and But they might have a different boundary mm. yeah no I agree and it's good it's good for for Daisy to keep her boundary where it is that's acceptable yeah. well to, moving on a little bit from that um, Daniel and his um, use of uh, Daisy's phone do you oh, think there's donkey do you, I, 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 I kind of find it funny in a way yeah that he's been stupid that's kind of interesting as a little side story to it but I wonder if that's going to go anywhere where he's posted this thing clearly wrongly I think you said at the time when we were watching it why doesn't Daisy just delete it and then repost it again you can do that but I do wonder yeah is there going to be any comeback from it and was Daisy a little bit did she overreact a little no. bit to what to what Daniel she had done she specifically just... told him don't do anything with the picture let me do it but again as usual Daniel knows Daniel better than everybody else and he's like I oh, know what this would jazz this Instagram <laughs> account up some Shakespeare um, right let's let's move on I was going to kind of talk a little bit about Daisy's mum and like whether the story would be much different with her in but I don't know whether it would be that, that was a, that was such so, so odd bringing her in for a couple of weeks wasn't it and I then whisking she... her off again she was great clashing with Jenny but I think the thing is there would be too many different characters and we don't need any more people mm. in this story because we've got all the you know Glenda, Glenda's Glenda's doing a good job and Jenny's yeah. being the mother yeah yeah, we don't, don't need them on. Right, okay, LS Deceit storyline. So Carl has been on the phone to Gaddas on Monday morning and um, Peter says, oh, no, and we find out that Peter just needs to monitor her, give her a, uh, give Gaddas a ring in a few days to say how she's doing. And Carla, by this point, is just mortified by what happens. She She's like, I, I just feel different. My head feels different. I, I 
Well, she's saying it's not like it was before. Yeah, when, when, I'm, when I'm feeling weird, it's not like the last time that I had my mental health issues. I, it's like something different. Yeah, and, and, and now I feel perfectly fine. What's going on with me? But I, I don't know, maybe I can go back to the factory or whatever. And um, Peter's obviously a little bit concerned about this because as far as he's concerned, it's the factory and only the factory that's the trigger that's making her go a little bit do lally. So he goes... Sorry, I just noticed for the first time today that Peter's Peter's coat on his buttons has a little has little anchor logos on it. I did it, and I just I kind of I'm loving the the idea that one number one Peter went to a clothes shop and saw this jacket and went I used to be in the navy. That reminds me of when I was in there. I loved being in the navy. I wish I was still in it, but I can have these buttons to remind me. <laughs> or somebody Carla maybe, or maybe Ken, went to the shop and went, he was in the Navy, he probably would love these anchor buttons, I'm going to buy this for him. And then Peter opened it and went, ha ha, yeah, I was in the Navy. Thanks, guys. Thanks for remembering that fact about me. Cool. I'm glad you didn't get the Jack Daniels buttons, because I'm over that. Anyway. Don't you just think it's really twee and cute that this like middle-aged man is like, anchors for my Navy? Yes. <laughs> Has Gary got like guns and bullets He's and bombs like, and things? Yeah, yeah. Well, he <laughs> could have a Ukrainian flag, couldn't yeah, he? To remind him. He could. Um, so anyway, Peter goes along to the factory and and says, "Well, yeah, Carla says she's going to be back at work in in a few days, um, so it's just going to be okay. She's all right. I've just come to collect some new info on the new satin line." And um, Stephen's like, um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it round to Carla later because he's clearly in no mood for Carla to come back. He needs to keep her off work as long as possible. So he takes those files over to her later, acting all concerned and compassionate towards Carla as a friend. But of course, as soon as her back turned, drip, 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 and goes some more LSD into a lovely glass of water kicking in later. And she she's going a bit woozy and a bit, a bit ooh, again just in time for Peter to come in. And Stephen's like, oh, I was just about to ring you. Peter says, "Call." did, did they call a doctor? I, I kind of missed what happened there, but it didn't feel like Carla You assume any... that she had a doctor. But I, I was wondering, like... Because it, it looked like Stephen was panicking when Peter said, call a doctor, because you don't want any tests done on Carla to prove that she's got LSD inside her system, All it would she? have taken is for her to be admitted to A&E and have a doctor who is suspicious and doesn't believe her story because she has a history of substance abuse. Yes, it wasn't drugs, it was alcohol, but there are plenty of doctors who've seen people coming in, acting strangely, swearing they've not taken anything, and turns out that they're high as a kite. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen at some point because it would it would make sense to me sense that a doctor story, would yeah. immediately go look at you know and it wouldn't even you wouldn't even need to have a history of of alcohol abuse or anything for them to be a bit suspicious mm. of your because they can recognise some signs yeah, yeah and yes she's got a history of psychosis but it that's all it would take just mm. to run a panel and I'm sure they do this. Quite a lot with yeah, people. Yeah. Anyway, um, that that's kind of it. P- Peter uses this uh, incident as well. No, he doesn't use it. He it just makes him realise Carla isn't actually ready to go back to the factory yet. I think she needs a long time off work. Carla and, and Peter. Are P- both Stephen's like, yeah, my plan worked. Very very protective over each other. I, I love the little scene, even though supportive. it was odd that they were both wearing black and they were blending into oh, the God. sofa and everything at the end of today's episode. The little moment where they were curled up and kind of spooning each other on the sofa it was, was cute, quite sweet, wasn't it? But they it? really should have had different clothes on because it looked like Peter had a beautifully rounded hip. 
Well, maybe he does. I don't think he does. I don't stare at Chris Gascoigne's hips. I don't know about these things. Here's my prediction. Ladies, anybody? Here's my prediction. Um, I wonder if Stephen's going to keep this up. I want to see a scene where he accidentally drinks the LSD. Oh, yeah. How did that, how would that happen? Because the old you, switcheroo on the here glasses. Here we go, here we go. Do you get hallucinations with LSD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't right, here we go, here we go. Like Ken. Here we go. What? Teddy and Leo come back. Oh, yeah, they because do like a returning had, victim on Coronation Street, don't they? We've already had this established as a, as a thing that happens in Coronation Street. I think that would be, love it. Yeah. Maybe, oh no, I don't... How can we make that happen? <laughs> write in. Everybody write in. Okay. Um, so on um, on Friday, because we have a break for it for Wednesday, because there's no no time no for... No news. No time for, for pantomime villain uh, Stephen Reed when there's serious racism stuff going yeah. on. So I'll tell you as what, a, one thing as about a bit Stephen, of a break for Wednesday. He might be a murderer, but he's not a racist <laughs> so far. Friday's episode then, Stephen um, tells Elaine that he's got some money coming in soon, so he's going to be able to pay her back for that loan. And she's is he like, just skimming stuff off of the books? Of it? Oh, is probably. that the insinuation? Uh, maybe. And she's like, oh, that's very handy because there's been a nice flat coming up at Red Bank that I quite like to buy. So it's just like, is it? Is Elaine going? Where's Red Bank? Red Bank's the one that's um, above um, Speed Yeah, that's Dark. what I thought. Yeah, so she's... This is suggesting that she's going to move into the street and be at long last a permanent resident. Nobody after lives nearly there, two do years. they? No, um, Cla- Claudia lived buy... there at, at one point, oh, but, but there's I don't no think set any... for that. No, no, no. Don't we, give a we never saw set, it. it um... Please. No, I, I know she just. I don't. I don't like how much I dislike her. If she, yeah, if she's good. I want to I like her. I think Stephen's got to. Just kill her, Stephen, yeah. please. Um, there's a little side story as well in today's episode where Peter finds. Um, Rufus's watch in his cab let's all he? remember this watch is worth more than Peter Dodgy could earn Rufus. in his whole life yeah so um, he he is looking like maybe because Carla wants gold. Carla wants to go on holiday at the end of the episode doesn't she so he's like thinking should I steal this Rufus's well, no, watch you, you, so, are you going to skip are you just going to gloss all over it well he goes he goes to see um, Peter and Stephen uh, so he goes to see Sarah and Stephen at work doesn't he to say well he's got this he doesn't got, tell them I, no he doesn't say I've got, got a watch he pretends that he's working for Rufus and Stephen doesn't want Peter anywhere near Rufus just in case Rufus says alright by the way have you seen any vials of LSD I've been lo- I've lost a few recently any I'm, ideas I'm missing a chemical which induces a sort of psychosis in people yeah and it's completely and, undetectable in food and so drink so Stephen's like no just stay away from him as far as I'm concerned he's a dodgy geezer and sorry I, I've, I've, I've not got his number so um, anyway um after no 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 what the point of the scene was them Steve Stephen and Sarah emphasising Rufus is a no good asshole of a man and Stephen saying I wouldn't have anything to do with him and he said something about sometimes you got to be sly to be successful or no something. he says yeah. sometimes you've got to do things that aren't great for money something like that it was something that made he's Peter like, he go he says sometimes if someone leaves a watch in your taxi and but they're horrible you can just keep it because they are they don't deserve nice things yeah. and you could sell it and go go on holiday with your wife yeah but so, I don't know why I'm saying that to you Peter <laughs> <laughs> so anyway at the end of the episode Carla's saying oh I want to I'm going to go back to the factory but I need a nice holiday first and obviously Peter's then considering selling this watch so that he can fund um Barbados. His, his and Carla's uh, little holiday away from somewhere. Where are they going? 
don't know. Where, where would you go? Oh, they'll probably just go back to LA or somewhere, won't they? <sighs> if you could go anywhere right now, if I gave you a gold watch that was worth £100 million pounds yeah. and you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go with me? Bad. <laughs> oh, not with, with you. <laughs> oh, shut up. I go to sleep. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm knackered now. Okay, I'm, right, I'm... listen. Do you want me to finish this off then? Uh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. The only other thing that happens is about... Yes, Steve, Stephen finds this contract in no, the factory, doesn't he? No, you skipped he? over again. Oh, sorry. Sarah's talking to Stephen about the fact that it's great Carla's not here. And, and then, for some reason, Sarah's such a gossip. She goes, oh, the last time... Last time Carla, wa- Carla went, um, oh, yeah. had psychosis, had mental health struggles. She gave fa- half the factory away, mm. and then, and then Stephen goes, "That sounds good." Goes to the factory and finds the contract, the Articles of Association contract for Underworld between management and staff. So he's obviously up to something. He's gonna, he's gonna drug her again. He's gonna make her sign something. Yeah, he's he's gonna make her. He's gonna make her try. And, he's gonna try and make her sign the factory over to him, mm-hmm. which is like. Okay, it's been done before. Like I said, there's only it's so much. Times. There's only so much excitement that you can get out of a factory story and who owns what and who's got what I shares you, and everything. Right. It's been done time and time again. And but... if, if you do business with somebody, quite often oh you'll go onto company's house and sort of look up the business and say, you know, how long has this business been um, uh, established for? Where's the where's the address? Um, where is it located, who's in charge, etc, etc. And it tells you, you know, how many directors the company has had and how long they've worked there and stuff. Yeah. If you go to Underworld, it looks like a chaotic mess. Because <laughs> it's like, it's this corner, that corner, this well, corner, that corner. if you look on corner, the Coropedia page here, for Underworld and there. who's owned what when, there's this, this massive complicated table of... Uh... You'd be like, no, these people are lunatics. I'm not doing business with them. You don't know who's going to be working there in two years' time. It's going to be a completely different person. <laughs> hey, Gemma, pull my finger. <laughs> Yeah. Let's let's finish off with. I feel Paul. like nothing happened in this apart from Paul kept dropping things. Uh, yeah, kind of. He's he's just got a sore he's got arm, hasn't he? Um, Dee Dee's very happy about the fact that he and, he and Billy are getting back together and encourages them to go for it. But Paul's like, no, it's too much heartbreak for me. But then Dee Dee sees Billy and he, and she tries. To, you know, she says, "Oh, Paul's head's all over the place," and um, he's a bit anxious. And uh, Todd overhears this. And Dee Dee, Todd goes to see Paul after overhearing this conversation and says, you need to tell Billy the truth about him, you shoving Mike. Then you won't have to worry about it and you can get together with him and it will be out in the open. And then Todd watches from the window as Paul and Billy chat and we assume that he tells him. Yeah, yeah, he does. Billy, Billy's like, oh no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell the police about you. And they have a kiss because I guess Billy likes a bad boy. I thought, I thought it was interesting having Todd looking out the window seeing them like it's like it's like god looking he's down, like the stalker going now. thumbs up from me wednesday's episode of coronation street apart from having sensible gail and steve scenes it was also a look who spent the night together wasn't it, it was it's like it was oh like, ryan and ali are back together and oh look uh, paul and billy are back together so todd goes around the flat finds paul stayed the night and billy's awkward about it because you know he's the archdeacon and he's also a slag <laughs> I know. <laughs> Todd's chuffed for them. What would the Arch Archdeacon think of that? Yeah. What, what would the Todd... Archbishop of Canterbury think Jesus about what you're say? doing, Billy? Billy tells Todd... He's been in prison and everything. Uh, Billy tells Todd he knows Although it was... Jesus did align with the tax collector, so... Uh, Jesus would push um, anyone over if they're doing naughty things outside a temple. <laughs> uh, Billy he tells... Would, he, he, he 
he'd topple their tables, wouldn't he? He'd be like, rah! And then he'd make the olive tree wither. Was it an olive what tree? What a badass. <laughs> Carry on. Billy tells Todd, you, uh, you've just skipped it. Sorry. It know, it know it was you, you took the blame, push the mic. No, 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 I don't know. Really, no, I don't it just know. all comes it's, out don't and worry Billy's about like, it. oh, well. Oh, well. Everyone does something wrong once or twice in a story. In the pub, Billy... I shot up heroin in the church. Yeah, come back to me when you've done that. <laughs> in the pub, Paul, Paul's trying to play darts and he tries he tries to pick the dart up. It doesn't work. And then he throws, throws it at Evelyn's hat, which he claims oh, yeah. was an accident. Um, I thought that was suddenly interesting. Like, like I think I said earlier, when it suddenly turned into, there's something wrong with Paul. It's like, oh. Oh, interesting. It, there were ramifications for him being crushed by a bicycle yeah. that, that uh, knocked into him because Carla drove into it. <laughs> so he... Um, she's like, you're a drunkard. He says, I'm not. He leaves and Billy gives her 20 quid. Which can go a long way at Gregory Pope for a new hat. You can get a whole new suit for that. <laughs> in the flat, Paul's like, I'm not drunk, um, but I am tired. And he's like, oh, my hand. And then on Friday... He's like, oh, well, here Ali has oh, been getting hand. a load of scenes by acting the victim. I'm going to write so, a victim um... personal statement. <laughs> yeah, yes, isn't he? Yeah. Right, on Friday, Gemma invites Paul and Billy to tea, but by that she means cider. And there was a funny scene when they were all drinking cider and Billy takes the sip and he's like, I'm far too sophisticated for this <laughs> swill. And he kind of makes a funny face, which I thought was really good. As, as a cider drinker. Well, you know, I'm not going to share my cider with a vicar. favourite tipple. Um... Gemma gets text messages from the gas company. Oh my god! It Money woes. Uh, oh my god! Corey's gone woke. <laughs> she she owes four grand on the gas bill, and she's panicking, going, "How how am I going to ever pay this off? What am I going to do? We we already lived hand to mouth. I can't afford to pay four thousand pounds." And I'm going to sell the quads for a grand each. Problem solved. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> Paul says, "Look, I'll work really hard, and I'll I'll help you." And Billy's like, "Oh no!" And he was making a face, and I Freddie thought, "Paul, such a do-gooder, isn't he?" Well, Honestly. I thought Paul was making. I thought Billy was do- making a face, like I'm a rich archdeacon. I could just give them four thousand pounds. Yeah. I could get them a heat pump. <laughs> but no, he goes at home and he says, oh, "I was worried about you. Um, I don't think you should work too much because it will set back your progress." Yeah. And then Paul Speaking of can't which. pick up his wine glass and he doesn't even think to use his other hand. No, no. That, that, Nobody ever accused Paul of being intelligent. Yeah. No, but um, what? it is very topical and I, know, I don't know how... I mean, everybody's having... Every country's having trouble with their energy bills, but... You're on a fixed rate. The we're UK. Okay we don't think anyone cares about us. <laughs> Nobody's worried about us. Just saying. But um, this is happening to a lot of people. And, you know, if you were going to nitpick, which I would never do, to Coronation Street, you would say it would have been nice if they had had somebody tell Gemma that she could probably phone her energy company and say, listen, there's no way I can pay, what can I do? And they would actually, I think they have to help you work out a, a way Don't of pay. Yes, they can't, you, you can't just, well, I mean, lots of people... Thought they just send in the heavies. They come and confiscate the children. I mean, obviously, there's. It's not like there's no way anyone's ever going to get into trouble with energy bills because loads of people are uh, struggling. Mm. But you, you don't just immediately get the bill and give up straight away. You, you kind of. Yeah. There are things you can do. Mm. Well, that's okay then, Gemma. Instead of exploit your your um your brother, Gemma. Oh, what? What are you scoring this week's Coronation Street? I think I'm going to give this 
four and a half. Oh, you're going to four and a half. See, I'm thinking that I might do as well. Drops, dropped chips. I, I wasn't as engaged in the dis- LS Deceit storyline and the Pull My Finger storyline. Even though even that was kind of interesting. I'm, I'm not bothered about whether he's bonking the vicar or anything, but the whole wobbly hand thing is intriguing me a little bit. But because the other two storylines, which did dominate so much more than that, I, I think I'm going for it. What, so what were you saying? Four and a half what? Drop chips. Four and a half drop chips. That's not too bad. You can, I know. I don't know what Daisy was moaning about. You can still fill your stomach with that, can't you? I'm giving it to. Um, I'm giving it four footballs stuffed up, shown as jumper out of five. No, four and a half. Four and a half footballs. Good stuffed for up you, Jones. Corey. This is like the best score. It, it in was. A long it time. was a good week. That was. That was a really Highlights, good week. Highlights, obviously, were you the, can do it. the Wednesday episode with with um. Yeah, that middle section. Yeah. Of Alia and, um, and Max with versus with... Max and Griff versus Spider. That was yeah. great. But I do want to give a shout out to <laughs> the really funny scene um, when everybody's all the women are, are discovering the fact that Reg Varney was the was the first person to use a um, a, a cash point in the whole world. And everyone was saying it's a man thing, and then men they proved it's right because this. the men. I didn't know that fact. I don't even know. I'd never heard of Reg Varney. But I did think I want to give I want to give a shout out to the really funny look that Toya gives to Gary when he asks another man I can't forgot who it was. I think it was Ed, and he's like, "Who was the first person in the world to use a cash machine?" And he's like, "Reg Varney," and and Gary gives Toya she gives this like really funny like I can't believe this this (laughs) man facts man man facts brought to you by Gary. There was a little bit of a censoring there, I have to I say. I said the wrong word. Gemma said the wrong word and, and Michael, we've actually deleted what she actually said. Michael makes... When I say a rude word or something wrong, Michael makes me sit and watch we, him delete it in front of me like a like I'm a dog that's just we, sick on the floor. We, we have had some comments on our Facebook group this week, haven't we, about have we? my censoring of you last week. Yeah, haven't you seen those no? ones? Yeah, people said that when I censored you last week, I was being overly prissy about it. What but... did I... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. Yeah. Well, you misogynist. Uh, to stop calling everybody a misogynist. We're not all misogynists, all Gemma. All men are misogynists. Oh and gosh. stalkers. For heaven's sake. That's what I have to put up with. <laughs> right. Um, is our character of the week Arlia? Yeah, it has to be. It has to be, really, doesn't it? She's yes. not going to get much chance. I mean, maybe she will in the no, future, listen, I don't know. But this could be a new dawn for Arlia. It could, it could. Yeah. Maybe she could get shot in a box. <laughs> Better late than never. Better earlier than Better never. out than in. Um, okay. Better Reg Varney than uh, the other guy that was second in line. The 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 Buzz Aldrin of um of cash points. Who is that? Um What? I don't know. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, my brain is just going to do Lally. Um it's it's twenty to one at night. We've still it? got oh, it's yeah. it flipping late. I thought it was half ten. No, that'd be ridiculous. We've got a bit of news. We got a bit of feedback, and then I've got a lot of sleep to come. So yeah, well, let's just go there. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Let's do feedback. No, cabin. Cabin. Let's do the cabin. Welcome to the cabin. It's time for all the news. Star tours are back. Coronation Street tours. You can go. Uh, Look about, run by Go Continuum. Go to the precinct. It's lovely, we've been there. Run by Continuum, not not run by ITV, it's contracted out to Continuum, and they run 
the Coronation Street tours and the Star tours are returning and this is when you can go and look around the street but you also get to meet a celebrity. Highly recommended. And it's a mystery guest and um, it's always going to be somebody on Coronation Street because the- it would be weird if it was Danny Dyer. <laughs> Although he's, he's free now, I hear. Um, no, I, I think these are just really good. I mean, if, if you're planning to go to the Coronation Street tour at some point in the next few months, and I kind of guess that you will be because there's the precinct stuff now and there's going to be the exhibition centre coming up soon. If you can make it on a Star Tours day, why not? Yes, You've got I don't the, think it costs more. It does, it's slightly more, but it it's it's, more. Neg- it's negligible. And um, you will get to have your photo taken. Yes. And, it, and when we did it, it was inside it, the police station. Yeah. But So there you go, you get to go, you get to see inside a set. I mean, it briefly. makes sense for it to always stay inside the set, to be honest, doesn't it? Because there the was only, there's only so many sets that you can actually go in, because that's most well, of the sets Well, there are only so many filmed. sets that are actually in situ. Yeah, exactly. Right, so... so you, you go, go on then, you say dates one of the dates. for these, 1st and the 2nd of April, and it's always weekends... Um, to the 20th and the 21st of May and the 3rd and the 4th of June. Yes. We don't know. We never we never will be told and who it is. Can't always day. get Sally Carmen like we did, I'm afraid. We You've did. We some, were very, very been lucky. Chris Gascoigne, Sally Carmen. Yeah. There was... Um, um, thingy, he thingy. plays George. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, Tony Maudsley. Tony Maudsley. He's done it. Kelly Nealon did it. Old Millie Gibson, Millie Gibson. did it before she swapped. She won't off. be doing that again. She's, she's not going to be doing it again, quite likely. Um, but lots it's of brilliant. lovely it's, it's so, people. So and they're always happy to be there because they get paid. And there you go. Yeah. Go, go, honestly, go, go along to the And tour. you will find that you just Google Coronation Street Tours and you'll probably find, find the website and then you'll be able to. Sign up for the Star Tours. Next couple of things I found were about um, ex-Coronation Street um, cast members and what they're up to next. And there's a couple here that are going to be on a show together that is kind of making me think, well, that kind of could be quite interesting. So coming up um, later on this year, maybe, I don't know, on ITV is a six-part darkly comic thriller called Passenger. And among its cast members are going to be Corey alumni, Jack James Ryan and Matilda Freeman. Interesting. Yeah, so I've been still, we still follow Matilda on Instagram since she left. So it's been kind of interesting seeing her kind of growing up and everything. But Hang um, on. You always get told off for this. What? Jack James Ryan, who played Jacob, oh, and yes. Matilda Frieda, Freeman, who was Summer before... The old Summer. Before it was Har- Harriet. Summer's Robot's favourite Summer. Yeah. Harriet, Harriet. Harriet's baby. Yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously, um, Jack James Ryan, massively popular among lots of Coronation Street fans, and Matilda Freeman, I think lots of people would be interested to see what she can do aside from summer mm-hmm. but um th- this is what passenger is about uh, so the the press release goes i know i sorry after arriving there 5 years ago former met police detective ria ayunwa has been searching for that one big crime played by jack that james ryan one, no not played by jack james ryan he's going to be playing a character <laughs> called john trowbridge john trousers uh, stop it how many how many ciders you had this evening um that yeah. one challenge that will make her feel alive again. Then one night, local girl Katie Wells is mysteriously abducted. Her car is found abandoned and there are traces of blood on the seats. But the village barely has time to register Katie's disappearance before she reappears the next day, safe and sound. The rest of the villagers ask a few questions and life resumes as normal. But for Rhea, a relative outsider to the Chaddervale way of life, none of this sits right. As a series of strange happenings and increasingly horrific crimes starts unfolding within the village and the residents 
start resorting to short-sighted theories and blaming outside influences. Rhea fights hard to convince the villagers that all is not as it seems, and before long she is drawn into a universe unlike anything she has ever seen. Well done to the person who wrote that. That was very intriguing. They've done a good job. So yeah, Jack's going to play of just a villager called um, John Trowbridge and Matilda's going to play someone called Lily Wells. So I, I don't Assuming know how... the sister of Katie Wells. She's going to play her mum, is she? No. What? Katie Wells is the one who gets mysteriously abducted oh, and yes. mysteriously appears the next I, I day. I didn't even listen to what I said then. Yes, I assume so. I can't understand how she's been sister mysteriously abducted. Well, we need to watch the programme well, to listen, find out. I know, but it's like she was abducted. Why do you think that? Her car was found abandoned. She turns up the next day. Look, she wasn't abducted then, was she? She just fell in a ditch. I'm not theorising about a programme that I've never even seen well, before. Well, I'm sorry. comfortable with doing that. Now, Rosandra Poronyuku, who played um, Alina Pop on Coronation Street, if you're missing her, well, you can go and see her in theatre. Because she is going to be making her London theatre debut, playing the role of Anna in um, the play Stray Dogs by Theo Chester and it's apparently a very visceral new play and it's going to be running from the 14th of March to the 2nd of April over at Theatre 503 so um if you fancy going to check her out, then I'm sure then you, can find, you can find the information very quickly. Molly update. Molly update. Molly Gallagher. She is That's still. She she is still dancing away on you ice can't there. Get rid of her. Every week I've been thinking, is this going to be the week? Tenacious. But she, she is very tenacious, and you know, good for her. I I would vote for her this week because she she danced to the Ghostbusters theme tune that last week on Dancing on Ice. To me. It was well, it, it's good for Nina, isn't it? Yeah. You know, bit of bit of the paranormal, well, a, bit a bit of the otherworldly. Yeah, she is a little bit. Um, but yeah, she she got four lots of seven and a half in her scores. And, um, she didn't even need to skate off. Didn't, didn't even need to do a skate off at the end. So congrats to Molly. Keep it up. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Win it. Just win it. Finally, finally, finally. Because this is a short... Street talk. Thought she, it's not street short. talk, you plonker. It's the cabin. It's a short, short news. Coronation Street next week. <laughs> It's being bumped because of the football Why on Why is Wednesday. football always on? Why is football never decided? Nobody let's just likes give it. football, Give it to somebody. Just on, give the crown it. of football to Manchester United and just go, the end of football, we're doing something else now, it's all going to be arts and crafts based. So they say all the last ones didn't count, it's all down to down this to one. Down to this one, this is the last one. So this anyway, last Coronation one. Street is going to be on on Wednesday. No, it's not, it's the only day it's not. Thursday. Be Monday. Thursday and Friday. How next inconvenient! Week. Well, it doesn't matter for me. Thursday strike no, I'm on day deadline. again, isn't it? Oh yeah, I it can't is a be doing it. I think Thursday and Friday is my hardest days. Oh, I need to write some reviews for your magazine, don't I? Anyway, um, how so many? What do you mean? I've reviews? got I've got two reviews to write for your magazine oh, this no. month. Have you not got room for me in it? No. Well, we'll talk about this later. Oh dear. <laughs> I'll have to write them super short. Um, anyway, so. Um, yeah, watch out for that. Right, that's the end of the news. That's the end of the Thank news. Thank you for Nothing listening. Nothing else has happened Now this we'll week. find out what you thought about last week. In feedback. Feedback. 2.81, Gemma. 2.81 out of 5 is what our listeners voted last week's Coronation Street. So we weren't the only ones to find it somewhat on the dull side. Unless you kind of found it good when you were in, when you were, you were watching it, and then we influenced you into thinking it was rubbish. Sorry. Well, come you up know. with your make up your mind. No, I'm sure that's not what happened. It just wasn't a great week, was it? So at two, and there was a, there was a big kind of range of scores. Like we did get some people that were voting in the in the four four point five range, but we also had 
quite a spread going all the way down to the ones as well. Um, among the scores were Archie's, four bread and butter puddings made with dairy-free chocolate, Heather, who also liked it, giving it four psychedelic shapes that look like Ken, and um, my pick of the week this week was from Jack, who gave it two and a half cocaine heart attacks out of five. Um, so, First email this week comes from Fiona and I would like to preface this with an apology that Fiona keeps sending this email and then I keep opening it and then it's not appearing as unread in the inbox so I keep forgetting to read it out on the podcast so I hope it's not going to be completely out of date but it's about the um it's about the look who's stalking storyline and Fiona has said that she's enjoyed seeing how Daisy tries to reason with Justin while realizing that he completely believes what he perceives is happening then seeing his escalation in his behavior and how scared daisy really is having had my own stalker experience years back before the dawn of legislation against it i remember that feeling of being terrified out of your mind and not wanting to let this person who's stalking um you let you let them terrify you that moment where you realize this person is not rational and can't be reasoned with is terrifying nothing they've done is illegal so you can't involve the police it's only when things reach the crisis point that you realize quite how horrific the situation is charlie jordan is doing a fantastic job capturing that fear and not wanting to be scared trying to keep that balance of emotion is so exhausting and the guy playing justin is great because he looks so harmless but he has this disturbed thought pattern going going on. He has that creepy way of showing up everywhere that will keep poor Daisy on edge for years to come. I'm hoping Daniel can put his self-obsession to one side to support Daisy because she really will need him while this is going on and she'll need someone to be her safe place. Now, I'm not always a fan of issues-based storylines, but I think that the covering this issues one is so important and I'm glad that the writers have chosen the character that they have and taken the time to develop to be at the heart of it. Thank you for all the hard work you do and keep us all engaged, entertained and informed. There you go. What do you think about that? Well, I would, I'm really glad that uh, Fiona wrote in to um, share her experience because, you know, it, it's one of these things where it's really sad to hear that people have gone through it, but it's good that Coronation Street, sometimes it feels empowering to see your story shared with people yeah and what you what you kind of validates your experience doesn't it mm. don't you think yeah sometimes it's, it's difficult not just me to watch uh, yeah you know i can't watch certain things but um it, it's good it's also good i think uh lots of, it's good to see people not take daisy seriously because i think the story is going to prove them wrong mm. Mm. and uh it's it, it some i think some people lack quite a lot of their ma- imagination and they really need something on screen shown to them before they can sympathize um and some people you know i think as women we can empathize quite a lot with being in fear and not to say that men don't i'm just speaking for women i don't think there's a woman who doesn't know what it's like to to walk somewhere and fear violence is going to happen to you and so it's easy for us to empathize but i wonder if this might help more 
other people who don't who haven't had the experience mm, realize that it goes on maybe obviously but, there are plenty of men who've experienced fear walking about i just think it's more familiar yeah of course as a, if you're a woman but yeah i think um i think we're, we're right on the same page as fiona with the, the the creepiness of justin and charlie jordan doing a fantastic job it, um it really is the right character for this i i and then because this has been a little while since fiona wrote this i wonder what she thinks about daniel now is he doing enough to support daisy i, I mean I think again he's trying I'm he almost just can't quite help doing the wrong thing a little bit. I'm going to say that this, you know, stories, lines of Coronation Street, and we're, we're guilty of criticising them for this too. It can never be the best case scenario of, of a, a particular story or issues because that would just be boring. It's not there to show us the best case scenario of things. No. Or to, to model perfect behaviour in everybody who, who comes across something. Because, you know, real life's not like that. And... So, you know, if everything was solved in an instant, it'd be like an episode of Scooby-Doo, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, right, okay. Um, I'll, I think I'll let you read the next one. Oh, it well, it's turn. my turn. Christina says, do you think what I think? Zidane is done. Wow, I have no thoughts other this than on this other than, here we go, the infamous taxi ride. Yeah. I'm really writing about Stephen. Unfortunately, I groaned with the spiking of Carla's tea with LSD. I personally found it tedious and frustrating, but I think I know why. We as the viewers see everything, and that soft-spoken Canadian has been up to all sorts. What this creepy man needs is someone who vibes him out. I would hope that if I were dwelling with somebody who was so manipulative and had killed two people, I would get a vibe when it's an inner voice that says, Run! But I'm pretty sure I would. I am pretty sure I would. Why hasn't anyone on the cobbles noticed that Stephen is always lurking and then interfering in business that is not his own? This is what the plotline needs. A discerning eye to push back on the story and give it tension. Someone has got to smell a rat. I was hoping that Peter might be a good person for this role, but he just thanked Stephen for looking after Carla. Good gosh. Monday's episode. I think Carla was appropriately sceptical for a minute, but then along came the drugs. Oh well. We shall muddle through. Saving Grace. Shane is back. And single. No. A side note. Here we go, here we go. Bollocks. It's not a bad word in America, so Gemma said nothing of the naughty sort last week. I laughed out loud when Michael admonished her. International <laughs> listeners stirring the pot. I, I hadn't really considered this too much, what Christina's saying, but somebody to, to scope Stephen out or start to get a bit suspicious at this point is maybe what the the story needs. I agree. And and no and, and we've had that in the story the storylines before and maybe they want to make it a little bit different. You know, you've had Archie and Audrey suspecting Richard. Yep, you've had exactly you've had Alia and Ryan suspecting Jeff. And it, it, it you would had it feel the Seb. S- Didn't Seb suspect and Nicola suspect Pat. Yeah, yeah. And quite a lot of people are on the case for Pat, but I would like to point out that uh Teddy and Leo were both on the case and they got offed. Oh yeah, I suppose so. They were, they were only slightly on the case. I mean, Leo didn't suspect Stephen of being a serial killer because he hadn't started yet. He hadn't, he's only just getting warmed up. It was but, yeah, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, but I think we need. I think we need that would carrot. that would give it a, you know yeah that would turn mm. give it a turn and and, and and you know and that character he does need a nemesis, but that it also usually goes down the route of somebody somebody suspects them and then they get gaslit. Yeah, and it's like no, of course not. What are you talking about? But yeah, Peter doing that role possibly. Um, who else is there? You got, you got. It'd be kind of interesting if Sarah Louise suspected her own uncle, especially as she's, well, she's you know, in she's right cahoots with him. Yeah, I know. She's the one that's feeding him all the intel that he's using against people. Mm. 
But she's not necessarily the smartest, brightest light bulb, is she? So I don't know whether it would be her. Um, no, she's definitely... Who else? She's definitely... Like, may, maybe it needs to be Jenny or something. I'd kind of like... No, it needs to be... This is the... Tr- this is what... This is what... You know, the, the, the issue is... You need, you need the tension of wondering if this person is going to actually... And, and get some evidence or convince somebody to believe them. But this this person needs to be somebody who's a bit vulnerable because then there's there's a plausible explanation for why they're not going to get believed. So with Audrey, it was, she, oh, she's she's got dementia. Mm. What about with Alia, someone... it's like, it's just Alia, just ignore her. <laughs> what about if it was Daisy then? Because she's kind of no, linked to no, the storyline, no, no. isn't she? Daisy? That... Yeah. No, she's got her own business. Yeah, but I mean, maybe if this stalking storyline comes to comes to an end, sorry, my getting my emails. Uh, if the story sto- comes to an end, but she's still a little bit fragile because of it, she if Stephen is gonna hone in Why on she Jenny because of because of the Jenny link, and I, I mean Stephen's got this thing happening with Elaine's oh, house, yeah. so he's still interested there. So if if Stephen does make a beeline for for Jenny, then Daisy, being you know her stepdaughter or whatever would be perfect for being the one to finally well we know she's got form because she hated johnny exactly well yeah exactly then you got the girl who cried wolf element of it isn't there and and jenny would be saying oh you you never you never support my choice of men daisy didn't like leo did she she found him somewhat boring so i don't know and i'd suddenly love to be going yeah daisy you 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 tell them i don't think that she's right but i can see why Mm. you think that but um you know, much as I would hate this to happen, Carla's in a good position to, to be this person because she's his victim, you know, not to not to the same extent as others, perhaps. But she's <laughs> she's being manipulated and poisoned by him. And she's also a vulnerable person in the sense that she has um, had mental health struggles and now everyone thinks she is. And the fact that she's being dosed with LSD... And it makes her makes her seem unreliable to people. So she could be saying all this stuff, and everyone would be like, "Carla, Stephen would never. What do you mean? You're just you're just having an, a a psychotic issue again. And Stephen's done nothing but help you. And this is how you repay him. Well, if it if it ended up with uh, with Carla coming out on top and being, I'm back, baby. That I would just solved this. Worth watching. Yeah, I don't think I don't re- really want that to happen because I, d- I don't like Carla. Um, I don't like diminished Carla. I I don't like that. I, I will like her as a strong woman. Um, but you know, you can see Stephen versus Carla and Peter together because you know Peter's an ex-alcoholic. You know, I, I don't know how this would be possible, but if if he fight maybe maybe Stephen could I mean he couldn't give him alcohol without him knowing, mm. but if he drugged St- Peter as well, everyone would think Peter was back on the booze. Yeah, yeah. That's and a then good it'd be point. like, here we go. Here's here's the men- mentally ill Carla and her boozed up boyfriend, her husband, mm. both coming out going, oh, Stephen's this and that, and all he's doing is trying to keep their business afloat while they go around. And we've not seen Stephen doing any loitering. He seems like perfectly reasonable. It to would us. definitely work yeah it could work as well but yeah i like this idea the nemesis the yeah it has got to happen at some point it's one of these things where sometimes stories benefit from from like a confidant 
And an, and a nemesis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, so Rebecca's email is next and says, Yeah, not the best week last week, um, so I'll keep the feedback short and sweet. Usually I love Stephen, but this week he just annoyed me. <laughs> Maybe I prefer him murdering people to drugging. <laughs> Looks like he got what he wanted, i.e. the factory, but hopefully someone will twig what he's up to. Love Peter being supportive to Carla, and also I love their new flat too. And I agree that the Peter Barter storying storyline was over with way too fast. It was silly, but I enjoyed it. Also, gutted Peter seems to have lost his motorbike too. One thing I did like after with... After all that. I know, I know, after all that, he should have kept the onion bargey. One thing I did like with Stephen was Monday's episode was when he was um, determined, um, hook, line and sinker... Is that the right phrase? Anyone yeah, know, hook, line and sinker. To get Rufus to sign the contract. Like in the Navy. Okay. Peter knows all about that. Yeah. Also, when Candice the Escort arrived at Stephen's, uh, Stephen's face was classic. Max will be out by Britain's Got Talent Week as I bet he'll only serve half his sentence. Can't believe he got such a small sentence, but I enjoyed seeing Darian again. Darian annoyed me this week. David and Maria are friends, but I do think it's strange that she seems to be supportive towards Max despite her being the one targeted. Shona's also noticeable by her absence too. Really, she should be there supporting David. However, due to Julia's pregnancy, it's bad timing. Well, there you go, Rebecca. She's back, she's back. Also love seeing Spider again. Now, more scenes with him, please. Billy and Paul, not commenting. I'd prefer Todd and Billy, but if the writers want Billy and Paul, I'll accept it. But I agree, I don't see any chemistry, and I didn't really when Paul arrived to fill the gap left by Todd. However, I'm assuming when the truth comes out about Paul attacking Mike, Billy will feel like an idiot. Unless Paul tells him first and tells Billy that Todd took the fall for him. That's what happened, didn't it? I think. I just can't get, can't deal with the drama. I, I don't I care. I just didn't it. care. Did you, I didn't no. even remember Mike was pushed over until well, I they did. brought it back well, up. I did. And I, I know if, I know this, this is, makes us so, what's the word? Forgetful. Fickle. I know, but we're like, one minute we'll be like, oh, why did they have to tie that storyline up that I forgot about? And then we'll be like, what happened with Pat Phelan and the missing earring in the, in the office? Why did they never clear that one up? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, Zidane, go to London, please. And Alia, stop pretending you're okay because you're clearly not. Again, I'll predict that she will get diagnosed with PTSD. Speaking of which... Where's Stu? Oh, yeah, where's Stu? Stu is like... He's like, oh. Utterly disappeared. Ooh, I'm going to make myself scarce, young man. Oh, I don't like this. Well, that's, that wasn't bad. That it's because we've been watching Benidorm. Oh, yeah, we have. We're on... Yeah. We, I love we, that character. We've got Tony Morsley as a writer. Yeah, now, Tony Morsley in it. In and it. who's He's the guy... Good. I don't know who the guy... Well, I don't even know what the character's Leslie. called. Leslie. Leslie. You like him. You've got oh, a good voice, haven't you? Love... Mm. I love her, but I love him. <laughs> I can't remember what he's called when he's not Leslie. Les. Oh. <laughs> Look, we're losing it, we're losing it. Adam sending Alia a card with three on her because he couldn't find a number 31 made me laugh so I much do, too. I do, I do. It annoyed me because I do that. Yeah. And I thought, Finally, the oh. Brian story was filler, but okay. I did really think, though, this week would end with Brian and Mary admitting they liked each other, but I'm glad the truth about the theatre report that Brian wrote has finally come out. about that as well. Yeah. Loved the whole student party flat vibe and also Aaron calling Brian B-Dog. I also, you said this was going to be short, Rebecca. I also liked Amy this week, although like me, her matchmaking between Brian and Mary didn't seem to work. Character of the week for Rebecca was Peter and um, she would like to give the week three birthday cards received by Alia when it should have been 30 out of five. (laughs) Clever. 
Very good. Thank okay. you, Rebecca. Finalement, we have got the email from Oh, shall Nancy. I read it in, in French? I'd like to see you try to translate Nancy this on the fly. Nancy, très vrai pour vous. Je suis surprise. C'est Carla n'est pas réalisé. <laughs> no, you can't do it. She, elle, elle est drogée. That was French. Say, say, or I am surprised that Carla did not realise she was This is drunk. how you can tell that Gemma's had quite a lot of cider. I've We've, had I'm one! St- is that all you've had today? Yes, look! Oh, you're just high on life then. There's been a couple I'm of times. hysterical. And it hasn't been for a long time that she's done this, but I'm thinking but of two occasions where Gemma has got very, very French when she's had a little bit too and, much to drink. And, and I'm she's, dangerous. She's done, she's tried to like recount what happened on the previous week's coronation street in very, very, very bad French. And honestly, next time she does, I'm going to record it and release it as a bonus. This episode because it's entertaining alcohol. stuff. Je bois une right. cider. Come on, Nancy. She's been drugged in the past. Carla never trusted Stephen. She could have fired him. Carla's accident reminds me of when she ran into Cathy. <laughs> Somebody did point out that Carla should have her license revoked. She's drunk. Yeah. She's run into too many people. <laughs> Carla's accident. Oh yeah. Um, how come Sarah never suspects Stephen? Peter should be running the factory if Carla's stepping back. This would really throw, throw Stephen off his game. It was great to see Abby in the storyline. Abby will get suspicious and Carla will realise she was drugged. Hey, here we go. That's a good point. Going back to um, having uh, a nemesis for, for Stephen. Abby. Abby. Yes, please. Uh, Abby Sally is... Karma's not going to thank us for giving for us giving her more work. But she would also... You know, what I said about having somebody vulnerable and the LSD, she would love that. Oh, being she drugged with that. LSD, she does, yeah. She? yeah. And that would set her back. Well, Abby needs a story, doesn't she? I mean, she's she's back in the show after a long time off, but she's been so, so supporting, hasn't she? In this past, what, three, four weeks it is that she's been on. Oh, when's she's, the she hasn't Abby, done anything for When's three the weeks. main Abby storyline come in? But wouldn't that be fantastic? Because if Abby was... And Stephen recognised one another. You know, she knows he's he's up to something and he knows that she knows. Mm. He could really go after her. Yeah. Because she's really, she's the most vulnerable person. That would because, raise the stakes. Because of um, Alfie, he could threaten her. You know, if you mess with me, I'll have that baby taken off you faster than you can blink. Mm. If she, if she, if people think she's on drugs again. Yeah. Toya would be there, yeah. scooping him up. She would indeed. Half my baby. Like that. <laughs> So, um, Abby will get suspicious and Carla will realise she was drugged. I'm hoping Peter's bartering storyline would last longer. All of Stephen's actions are on the factory CCTV. I think he deleted it, didn't it? Well, he knew how to... He deleted He deleted the... Um, Some of it. The, the murder scene, but hasn't has kind of locked it since then? I don't know. Well, she said Carla should not leave a left a laptop around. And Stephen's going to run out of LSD. Carla should see a... Do- hey, again, Stephen, is he going to go back to Rufus for for more drugs and is that going to be a bit of a crumb that somebody could follow the trail of to unravel his villainy yeah maybe what's going to happen with Peter it is like if he's selling Rufus's watch is there anything going to come from that apart from he's just got some money or is it going to draw Um, Rufus back into the show because like I don't know I'm too tired to think well I'm okay I'm not going to say anything because I think I might have Okay. Write something out. Okay. Um, oh, you have to tell me your theory but later. I did look because we, you, you guys know, we got to see the set, uh, the precinct set, and I did look back at our footage to see oh, if the you? if the watch was in the window, <laughs> but it wasn't. Oh. So it's obviously been sold. Anyway, um, 
All, uh, Carla, uh, Carla should see a doctor. The reason Carla demoted Stephen was due to the budget. Stephen stole the drugs from Rufus. Rufus is going to realise the LSD is missing and Stephen may find out that Underworld has no money that he can use. I felt so bad for David. How come the Platts did not get together and go to Max's hearing? Sarah was no help at all. David was right to be concerned. Can Max cope with being bullied? How will Max feel coming out of prison? Will there be a redemption story or will we become more extremist? He should be out in about four months. It's strange that Billy had a dream about Paul. I do not think he loves Billy. It was interesting that Adam and Dee Dee did not want Alia in the office because of the new client. I'm glad Sedan is off to London with Mariam. It was hilarious that Amy tried to get Brian to move back in with Mary. I love seeing Amy's reaction when she realised Brian was not moving out. <laughs> I'll give this week's episode three trades by Peter for a motorbike. Character of the week is Abby. Carly, Car- Carly should be in the show. No, Carla should have listened to Abby. Thank you for another wonderful podcast. You're welcome. You are very welcome. Um, yeah, th- that that kind of raised quite a few interesting points there. Thank you very much for that. Nancy, and if you would like to join in the conversation, if you've, like, if you've got any interesting in points you'd street, like to raise, um, please write to us conversationstreet at gmail.com and our website is conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes, you can find us on Instagram. Don't forget, we're doing our YouTube shorts if you wonder what should I think about today's episode of Coronation Street. You can quickly go on about half nine, it will definitely be up there. Our YouTube shorts every episode we will I mean we have we haven't missed one yet but there will be a point when we can't do it straight away yeah. I'm sure um we, we will upload it and you can watch it and decide for yourself what you think <laughs> um and we also are on patreon don't forget it coming up to a new month soon if you want to join that's we do the best need to time. do our February patreon episode pretty soon don't worry we're gonna do it we are it's gonna be top five possibly um, gonna be Tuesday night Top five drugs we want Carla to take next. <laughs> um, Spotify. Based on the different. Um, the We're going to talk to Frank and let you know. You have from it. Um, and that's... Symptoms. What's it called? Reactions. Uh, drugs. Effects. Effects. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's it. Did you like it? Did what? You can't really. Um, you can't. We can't do it again. So if this wasn't good enough, yeah, we apologise. But thank you for joining us, and I hope that. You um, enjoy the rest of your week. And Are here's you... a fact for you. Brown is just dark orange. It is. I hope you all enjoyed Coronation Street as much as we did this it's week. It, it really does seem like it went down quite well from on, in the Conversation Street community, at least. Um, long may it continue. It won't. We're going to get a bad episode at some point. But... Um, I don't it's, believe it. It's, it's on a high at the moment, and, I, and I'm, I'm really, Good really job, pleased Corey. with it. So thank you very much. Um, thank you for listening. Sorry that I've just drifted off towards the end, but, you know, it's 20 past one I'm now. really sorry for how chaotic I have been. No, I don't no, apologise. It's just me. It's, 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 deal with it, baby. It's better to be, have a chaotic host than a boring one like, like me. You're not boring. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're just normal. See you next week. Ta-ra. Oh, and the music for this lenny. episode came from podcast. Abiento. Stop interrupting me.com. Oh, oh, oh.